0: Hey, everybody. What's up? Uh, May, no, excuse me, March. March 3rd, I am going to be at the Ka Theater in Las Vegas, Nevada with uh, the great Tony Hinchcliffe and powerful Ian Edwards. Should be a great time. And uh, the next date I have available is April 7th in Buffalo, New York at the Shays Performing Arts Center. First show sold out, second show almost sold out. Uh, same thing with Portland on 420. Portland, Oregon. First show sold out. Second show almost sold out. And tomorrow, tickets go on. Well, today is uh, Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, pre sale goes on sale. Live Nation. The link will be up on my Twitter. Uh, the password is Showtime. And that is for Friday, May 12th at the Verizon Theater in uh grand prairie outside of dallas because there's a big uh dallas ufc on uh may 13th joe rogan.net forward slash tour for all details all right okay this episode of the podcast is brought to you by squarespace squarespace is an awesome service uh an awesome resource for you to make your own website, uh, what Squarespace has done is put together an incredible company that allows you, with a simple, easy-to-use, drag-and-drop user interface, to create your own professional website. <clears throat> Couldn't be easier. It's, um, it's as simple as attaching photographs to an email or moving files around on your computer, uh, and they have these beautiful, award-winning templates. You can create awesome, awesome, b- beautiful websites. And you can do so with Getty images. The Getty images cost 10 bucks. Uh, they would normally go for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. You can choose from, isn't it like a million of them? How many, don't they have like a million photos on sale or on uh, available? Something like that? Something fucking crazy. I should probably have the exact number, but I don't. All I can tell you is in my day, back when I was a boy, <coughs> it was super hard to make a website, it was a giant pain in the ass. Squarespace has not only made it easy; they've made it convenient and inexpensive. You can get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. You get a free online store with each and every website, whether or not you whether you're trying to create a gallery, whether you uh, you want a website to uh, showcase your your art, whether you want something where you can sell digital downloads or You know, you want to start an online store and sell products. Whatever you want to do, you can do it with Squarespace. It's amazing. And there's nothing to install, nothing to patch, nothing to upgrade, ever. Squarespace provides award-winning, 24-7 customer support. And Squarespace is used by a wide range of creatives. Uh, people in business, musicians, designers, artists, restaurants, comedians, uh dot made with Squarespace, Dougstanhope.com, made with Squarespace. Squarespace is awesome. And for a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, visit Squarespace.com forward slash Joe. We're also brought to you each and every episode by Onnit. That's O-N-N-I-T. Onnit is a company that I am connected to. I'm one of the owners And it's a very important company for me, uh, not just as a business, but also as something that I use to benefit my own life. Onnit is a total human optimization company. What that means is we are trying to provide a one-stop shop for all things groovy that benefit you. Whether it's benefit physical performance with supplements and strength and conditioning equipment, or whether it's just benefiting maintenance um, uh, motivation things like the honored Academy link click on that and you're gonna be taken to hundreds of articles over 185 pages of awesome articles on nutrition um, d- different instructional techniques on different applications for strength and conditioning uh, drills and equipment and workouts uh, different things on nutrition and vitamin absorption and motivation great videos and just all sorts of awesome stuff, and it's all totally free. You can just go there and click it and just get some knowledge, the Academy link. And there's also an Honor Academy, a real Academy, in Austin, Texas, and an amazing gym, state-of-the-art gym with incredible instruction, and 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. You can learn Jiu-Jitsu at the Honor Academy. Uh, go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word ROGAN and save 10% off any and all supplements my guest today is one of the coolest people on the planet earth one of the most important people on the planet earth um and he is fascinated by the stars give it up for my friend neil degrasse tyson joe rogan podcast. Check it out. the joe rogan experience train my day joe rogan podcast by night all day that's a nice man <laughs> i've told you already but live i gotta tell you that uh, is a nice it's it's very uh kind of Indiana
1: Jones but it's, it's not quite that and not quite little, cowboy yeah. But it's
0: kinda, yeah you're like in the middle of that. Yeah yeah you're it's, riding it's, the wave. You're, <laughs> you're dancing on the edge.
1: <laughs> Well, I have a really fat head, and so yep. there's this website called like BigHeads.com. <laughs> there's a website <laughs> yeah, for a, to- a total website for fat people. i got to get my friend
0: Burt Kreischer a hat then. Uh-huh. I put his hat on. I couldn't believe how big his head was. It was like, there was like an inch gap all around my uh-huh. head. I thought I had a big head.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you know your head, your head size, do you know your head size? No, I do not. So, uh, so it turns out if you know your head size, that, that number comes from somewhere. Can I tell you what it is? Sure. So if you measure the circumference of your head, just get a tape measure like you're measuring your waistline, but do it around your head, and take that number, divide it by pi, then that's your hat size. Whoa. Yeah. Just Seems complicated. <laughs> divide by two? <laughs> why can't it be just up? like your waist, 32? You know, your waist know. is what your waist is. Yeah, I know. Is. It just is what it is, right? Just Why it can't it just be the circumference, right? So I'm, what it turns out to be, so what that means is, if you're dividing by pi, you're getting the, the diameter of the circle that has the same dimension as as the circumference of your head. So if you have an oblong head, mm. then what it's doing is finding out what the circle is, the diameter of the circle that has that same circumference as your head. Oh, that's, okay. That's what that's doing. For what for what, I don't, whether that helps the hat, the hat maker. So immediately I start thinking about Dan Aykroyd on Saturday Night Live as a cone head. Oh. <laughs> right? Remember? <laughs> well, then you need a, t- a tall hat for yeah, that, too. You gotta, there's yeah, there's an issue there. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So, dude, I've been. I, I. You're still doing stand-up. That's great. I, I'm loving it. Yeah. And Thank I caught you. you a few months ago. You were emceeing some MMA. Was it? What was? It? Well, I'm always doing that. Yeah. Oh, you always doing that. Okay. Yeah. I only catch some of it then. Well, I um. I'm I the think it's color. great you stayed in shape because I'm yes. I'm a I'm a fat slob right well, now you were ripped back in the day in the man day. i saw a picture <laughs> you of you when picture. you were wrestling and i was like damn uh, neil you no, look good I, I had some street cred back then <laughs> do you exercise at all now no i try I tr- it's not that i don't have the energy to it's it's trying to find the time As you back in the day Ooh. look at you shredded. Ooh, how much Ooh. Did you weigh back then oh i Let was, I was ex- oh go on 176 six- no 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 i'm 6'2 so I'm, I'm 190 pounds in that oh exactly 100 I have, I have big thighs and stuff um other wrestlers would have skinnier thighs and things. So I was also taller than anyone I wrestled. So since we're the same height, it meant they had bigger muscles, actually. So because uh. we're the same weight, right? But I'm that, no, Did I say that right? I'm taller. Right. But we're the same weight. So that means they have bigger muscles. Right. Because none of us have fat, right? So I had to do things that my lankiness would enable me to do and to accomplish that they couldn't. So I have long reach, you right. know, this sort of, thing. I, I scoop an ankle, that kind of thing. There's
0: great advantages to having long limbs in, in martial arts, it's particularly in wrestling, grappling, because of leverage.
1: Yeah, also if you're quick and with long limbs, yeah. and I was both, but if, if they got me in their grip, I, it was hard for me to get out. So what kind of exercise do you do these days? No, that's not, no. Uh, nothing? <laughs> nothing? <laughs> no, I'm trying. I, you know, I got, yeah, I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying. I, when I'm in, I'm good, but I, I've just got so much going on. Yeah. And I you have to like make. The time—that's so, that's a
0: problem, right? When you become a little bit yeah, too successful I, I, for your own I good. I saw some
1: food. There's a lot of food documentaries, you know, trying to get you to eat differently. So I thought I'd watch them all. I binged on them one weekend while I was doing other stuff, and I <laughs> got hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no one of the one of one of the guys—he he was trying to lose hundred pounds or something. So every fifteen pounds he lost, he put a bowling ball up on the counter and said, "That is what I'm not carrying around with me." Whoa! Because the bowling ball is about fifteen pounds. I said, wow, he's measuring a weight in bowling balls. That's something. Because we say, oh, I'm three pounds less and two pounds that." That doesn't hit you emotionally the way a bowling ball does yeah. after you've lost 15 pounds. Because no one wants to be carrying that around. So psychologically, I thought that was quite potent.
0: That is potent. I think we do need some I, I usually use like plates. I think of weight plates or dumbbells. Oh, okay. Yeah, that works na- too. Na- yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I uh, I started
0: doing intermittent fasting pretty mm-hmm, recently, mm-hmm. where I only allow myself to eat ten hours in a day.
1: Oh wow, that's a- it. ten hours out of the twenty-four hour yes. day. Yes, so, so fourteen. I, was, I had uh, Terry Crews on my radio show on Star okay. Talk. That boy is my boy is ripped. Okay, yeah, he looks great. Oh, he's still, <laughs> and he's like forty-seven or something. I mean, yeah. he's he's so he doesn't eat until twelve noon. Oh, and then he same st- and he doesn't deal. eat until after ten o'clock. That's right. Yeah, ten I mean, hours. And then he doesn't eat after ten. right? Yeah. it's a, a ten-hour thing. And so he has to, hes watching everyone else have brunch and breakfast. And so he's got to overcome that. But uh, so it's a little bit of fasting, yeah. Each day intermittent just fasting, to, just to keep the the discipline. I think it's at the end of the day, it's really just discipline. Well, it's not you know. just
0: that; it also forces your body to burn fat instead of carbohydrates. Mm, and when it forces your body to burn fat, that state of ketosis is actually easier to maintain because you don't you don't get hungry.
1: Yeah, then you there's no roller coaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. the, the yeah. crash,
0: the the carbohydrate yeah. crash that you get. Right, right. Is right. that outside of the realm of possibility for you? No, I
1: can totally. <laughs> I'm a ketosis guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything involved in science? No, come not. on. <laughs> I mean, it's in there, baby. It's in there. I, I, I once got raked over the coals, not by everyone, but uh, I tweeted once. I said, if there was a diet book written by a physicist, it would contain one sentence. <laughs> it was, consume calories at a lesser rate than, at a greater rate, no. Consume calories at a lesser rate than you burn them. That is so, sort of true. That's the one sentence diet yeah. book. No, it's more complicated than that. And everybody just try to get all. No, it's yeah. this, it's that, and that. And one of the great things of physics, when you when you do physics, is all the details are just cut off the, the. It's it's window dressing, and you get down to the window itself, and that's what the analysis works on.
0: I have rarely seen you attacked, but I did see you attacked when you were celebrating uh, Sir Isaac Newton's birthday. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that <laughs> people were so mad. People lost their mind. They lost their mind when you were, by the way, incorrect in the date of Jesus' birthday. That is not the date of yeah, Jesus' birthday. Jesus not,
1: was not born on the 25th. Right? No, I mean, it's just... right. Plus, I didn't even mention it. So, what I said was, by yes. the way, that to this day is my highest retweeted tweet. I tweeted it. Ever. I retweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember. This is actually a couple of years ago now. Yeah. So it was uh, So on on December 25th comes. There it is. Oh, you, get, oh, you, get, you got good. A child born you got good, who by the age of 30 uh, would
0: transform the world. Happy yeah, birthday, uh, Sir uh, so Isaac Newton. So on this
1: day long ago, a child was born who by age 30 would transform the world. Happy birthday, Isaac Newton. Born December 25th,
0: 1642. 79,000 retweets,
1: 86,000 likes. People just lost their mind. They were so mad. They were were angry, and I thought, well... Interesting, because I'm just speaking the truth here. Yes. He transformed civilization by... Bo- Actually, he did it by the time he was 26. Um, so, yes, it's provocative, because you're expecting that Jesus is going to end that. But right. I thought I'd share some act- some actual truth with people. And so, some people celebrated it, deeply religious people. Uh, one had a headline saying uh Neil deGrasse Tyson is trolling Christians on Christmas Day. Well, and yes. I said I said Newton at least has the benefit of actually having been born that day. And then later on it's it's actually more subtle than that with Newton cuz he was on the Julian calendar which was which is 10 days shifted from the Gregorian calendar. So if if you ask what would his birthday be today, it would be January 4th, not December 25th. Oh. So yeah, but when he was born, his mother was celebrating Christmas. So that's really what matters for that tweet.
0: Well, it's yeah. such a bizarre thing anyway, because if, if you're a real Christian, you would understand that the, the birthday was shifted in order to comply with pagan religions.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it landed. I don't know how many people know that, actually. I mean, you're a well-read guy. But so uh, if you give me a minute to just explain that. So December 21st, we know, is the first day of winter, shortest day of the year. And what makes it short? shortest daylight of the year. And what makes it short? The arc of the sun across the sky is very low. The sun doesn't get very high and it doesn't stay up for very long. And it's been coming a lower and lower arc every day en route to December 21st. The ancient peoples were worried about this because everyone worshiped the sun because it made your crops come and it gave you warmth. And you say, wow, if this keeps going lower and lower in the sky, we're going to lose the sun entirely. December 21st, the sun slows down and it stops this load, this drop in its movement across the sky from day to day. So that stopping of the sun is solstice. That's Latin, the stationary sun, like armistice, stationary mm-hmm. arms, right, from the end of the First World War, uh, what, November 11th that was, armistice, solstice. So, So the movement of the sun lower in the sky stops. But that doesn't mean it's going to come back. It takes a few days for it to, to slow down, stop, and then reverse. He says, oh, it is coming back. Let's celebrate that. And that's a few days after December 21st. Uh, it's about December 25th, a, a pagan holiday celebrating the return of the sun. Christianity is trying to take foothold. Where, there were, where pagans once roamed. And you, you put celebrations that match theirs just so that the, the shift is not as hard for you. And the unknown birthday of Jesus was then assigned this pagan day of celebration to make that transition easier for the pagans to become Christians. And sure enough, it, it remained Christmas Day. And isn't ever it since a speculated... I mean, it re- 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 the birth of Jesus.
0: The speculated birthday of Jesus is like the spring, The spring.
1: Right? I, there's, some, there's some passages uh, of course, in the New Testament, that reference what the sheep were doing, plus there 's a census being taken by the Romans, you know which is what and and Mary goes to the manger. The animals are not in the manger, not at the so there 's secondary evidence for that it 's probably happened in the spring That's now
0: right. w- with the advent of commercial space travel
1: which seems <laughs> <it> seems inevitable.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Seems inevitable,
1: right? <laughs> love you, love your segues. Yes, do, okay. Don't
0: don't. Do you think that it's possible that maybe you could even offer up uh, a flat Earth believer tour, where you, you take them like at the very least take them up to Alaska where it's light for so, twenty three hours flat a day. earth just
1: calling into you is this?
0: Uh, tweeting me constantly, really? tweeting me constantly. Yeah, calling me a sellout. I'm a sellout. I'm really? a round earth sellout, like as if there's a, some round earth money.
1: Wow. Yeah, like some, yeah,
0: you're on the payroll. <laughs> I'm getting some checks. I'm getting some round earth checks. You're, you're to getting keep some the payola. Some going.
1: Round earth payola for your show.
0: I'm sure you've seen the basketball player who graduated from Duke. From Duke. That
1: was hitting the news the last couple of days. And I saw he believes
0: that. that dinosaurs are fake mm-hmm. and that the world is
1: flat. Okay, so here's the thing, Joe. Okay? Here, here, I've thought about this. I bet you have. As, <laughs> as, as an educator, I've thought about this, okay? okay. so here's here's what matters. Right, we live in a free country. People should be able to think whatever they want, whenever they want, provided it doesn't subtract away from someone else's rights. Okay. So, thinking the earth is flat doesn't harm anyone unless you want to run for office <laughs> or you want right. some position of power. Over other people. That's when it's dangerous. I'm thinking of elevator uh, banks where they have numbers. You know, I, I have a photo essay of what what elevators look like inside. I, I know it, it's just... You mean the gears and no, no, all that? No, 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 no. Not even that geeky. Just what are the numbers on the panel? Oh, without the 13, you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So about yeah. 80% of buildings taller than 12 stories don't have a 13th floor. Okay? And so <sighs> this... Trixadecophobia yeah. is, again, in a free country, if you, if you want to be afraid of the number 13, go right ahead. It just seems to me you should not be tasked with designing elevators if that's your fear. Find something else to do. Holding aside the fact that I'm a little scared that in this 21st century United States of America, we have people walking among us afraid of the number 13. What does that mean? I don't know in the long run. But if you keep to yourself, don't harm others, think whatever you want. So, that the rubber hits the road is you now have power over others. And that's where the failure of the educational system actually manifests.
0: Well, that's how it's societies
1: that, and cultures collapse.
0: Right, but it's not that they don't know that there's a 13th floor and that you're just calling it the 14th
1: floor. I want floor. to take my Sharpie, cross out the 14th, <laughs> and, that's the 13th floor. You're not fooling anybody.
0: Now, I, when you see it on an elevator and you're like, you see no 13. And
1: plus, they, they try to fake you out. How do like, they do that? Like, so they go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And then you have to go to the next row to begin to for the fourteen. Oh. So you don't see twelve right next to fourteen. And that some other some modern buildings will put their 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 uh, their heavy machinery like the uh, HVAC on the thirteenth floor, so that there's no residency oh, yeah, there. Yeah. Right. But
0: they could still say it's the 13th floor and then there's the 14th floor. Yeah, yeah. Does anybody right. ever have a dummy 13th button where you press it and it never lights up? Like, I don't get it. I can't get in oh, there. Oh,
1: that's interesting. That's what I would do. Oh, you just put it there to satisfy me, yeah. but still nobody lives there. Exactly. And, uh, what? That's too clever. Go, oh, this is
0: one of the 20% of people that makes sense. This, what a great building. Meanwhile, there is no 13th Whoa. floor. It's just a dummy button no, that it never gotta lights be, up. Remember
1: that Twilight Zone episode with the mannequins? They went up to the 11th floor, but there is no 11th floor. And the mannequins come to life at night.
0: Ooh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, they, one.
1: they leave the, the store floors, and they all go up to 11, and they have a cocktail party. And they vote which one of them is going to go out and become human for a day. The Twilight Zone was so good. I think it was the best television there ever was. Like, still, to this day, ever. they have used ever. up so
0: many great premises.
1: Great premises, great actors, great cinematography. And it was in black and white, so shadows were completely dark. Yeah. Because you know, shadows don't have much meaning when you film in color. Because everything is just there, but in black and white, yeah. the, sh- the, the shadows create moods, yeah. and yeah. So
0: I watched *To Serve Man* the other
1: day. Oh, night. oh <laughs> I hadn't seen it oh. in a while. To I, was, third uh, man.
0: I had it. I had it on the DVR. I'm like, let's just and then sit had, down they had big guy one. who played Lurch. on, yes, on, yes.
1: on the Adams Family.
0: Yeah, that was a great one because it was just like it had all the elements of people going. Well, you know, they seem nice. And- they
1: seem nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they solved all of our war and our it's famine a cookbook. <laughs> yeah, God, it was great. They had Another so good many- one was the the invaders. Do, do you remember this one? No. This okay. was a this was a one woman performance. And I forgot who it was it. was it not Agnes Morehead, one of these women of that era. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute, and she 's living alone in a farmhouse, no electricity. she 's got a farm, and she 's alone. and some alien spacecraft lands on her roof. And it's got these devices. It's got these saws and blazers cutting through things. And she's freaking out. She's got the pan and the pots and the rolling pin. And and she then she gets the gun, the shotgun, and she's attacking this thing. And and you don't know what it is. And it's got lights and a thing. And it's this tiny little thing. It's like three inches across, right? And it turns out that's the thing that's attacking her. And then she finally like comes. That's it. See the little the yeah. little robot. Okay, and and. And, so, and then <laughs> I got to give it away. The show is 40 years old. I can give the punchline. Okay. So she actually successfully damages the thing. And then the, you zoom in on it. Right. And then you hear a radio transmission from the aliens that are inside. And it says, um, yeah. Hello. Hello. Uh, Houston. There's a giant who's trying to attack us. <laughs> we need help. Send backups. <laughs> Oh, this—it was great. Like, whoa! We were the invaders. That was us landing on her home on some other planet,
0: or some parallel Earth from some other dimension. Who cares? Where It's just Earth is small. We are.
1: We no, 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 no. Oh, no. She,
0: okay. I get it. So she's—it's oh, another
1: planet. She's the right. she's the giant, right. and they're saying there's a giant attacking us. Right. But the whole show, you, you are have her point of view. The these aliens are trying to hurt her. When they're just, it was our space probe just trying to explore its environment.
0: But isn't it possible that it's like another dimension? It's
1: us in another dimension, and they
0: are landing on Earth?
1: Uh, except it, is, um, hmm. no, no, I mean, they were, they right. were speaking English. But couldn't they, they have the,
0: just <laughs> parallel evolution? Well, isn't that the, 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 definition of infinity? That somewhere, some, if, if there is really an infinity, there is not only a you and an I, but there's a you and an I and everybody else we've ever met and all the exact events in the exact same order have gone down an infinite number of times, including this conversation.
1: Okay. Except. Except. Uh, um, there is, uh, I don't know how many people know this, but. Often it's mind blowing when you learn that some infinities are bigger than others. <laughs> Joe Rogan just leaned two feet away from the Short microphone. That? Yeah, not all infinities are the same size.
0: But if it's infinity, then it's infinity. It's well, infinite. What is well,
1: no? Okay. Don't you remember when you were a kid? I said, What's the biggest number you know? A million. Well, there's a million and one. Right. Okay. How about? A billion. It was a billion and one. The annoying kid always right. added one to it. Okay. How about infinity? Well, infinity and one. Right. Okay. Well, it turns out infinity and one and infinity are the same number. Okay. So here's the so so for example, the number of of counting numbers. So one, two, three, up to infinity. Okay. Right. The, the numbers you would use to count things. That's infinite. The number of irrational numbers. So the numbers that you cannot represent as a fraction, okay, that there's more, there are more of those than there are counting numbers Whoa! by far. So these are orders of infinity. Then there are more, there are more transcendental numbers than there are irrational numbers. What's a transcendental number? So that's a number that you'll never find as a solution to... To an algebraic equation, so pi is a transcendental number, e is a transcendental. These are, these are magic numbers that show up in mathematics, and there's turns out there's like an even bigger infinity of those than there is of these other two classes of numbers, and they use the 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 um, the Hebrew letter aleph uh, in 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 ranking. So aleph one, aleph two, aleph three, aleph four. I think there are five levels of infinity. So my point is. Um, Just because there's infinite universes to me doesn't mean there's infinite conversations that have happened and I'd want to really explore the depths of infinities before I say and agree with you that this conversation has happened. A million, uh, you know, uh, an infinite infinite number of times in just this way, except you have a different engineer sitting next to us, uh, or and an infinite number of times where it's been Jamie too, right? Yeah, in principle, I mean that's the argument that's that's given, but I think that we there's some nested infinities in there that deserve some explanation.
0: My fee brain is not handling this well. Well,
1: that's that's fine. You know, (laughs) as I've said, as I say in the in the. In the uh, e- epigraph of, uh, uh, of, of the book.
0: Book is not available yet, but I have a copy. Ha-ha. Astrophysicist for people in a hurry.
1: Uh, astrophysics. Physics
0: for people in a hurry. But you got to say it right. Not astrophysicist for people in a hurry. <laughs> you say, come over to their house. Hey, what's up? You you in a
1: hurry? astrophysics for people in a hurry. Oh, you got to say it quick. you got to say it because you're in a hurry. So, so the, epig- the, epi- the epigram on that is uh, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. That, that's rational. And I, I've that tweeted makes that before. And so it makes sense to you that the universe is under no obligation to make sense. Yes. So it's okay if your brain hurts when I say there's a ranking of infinities, but <clears throat> um, but you shouldn't say that doesn't make sense, therefore it is not true.
0: I definitely wouldn't say that. But what, what confuses me is the word infinity, because I had always taken the word infinity to mean something that has no end. So how can something that has no end be larger than something else that has so
1: no So the way end? they do that mathematically, <clears throat> the way to demonstrate that mathematically is you, st- you map one item in the set of this infinity to corresponding items in the set of the other other infinity. Mm. And so you do this. So you take the one and you map it to like the first transcendental number. Take the two to the second. You just keep doing this. And when you do that mathematically, what you find that one infinity outstrips the other infinity. Wow. And then you're left with more with more numbers. So that shows you that you have a bigger infinity.
0: Now, when you find, I mean, there's a, there's a new NASA um, announcement that's supposed to. Is it Monday that, that that's supposed to be announced, or tomorrow? Exoplanet? Is it tomorrow the exoplanet? Yeah, it's a Wednesday. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Wednesday. I don't. I, I don't have. Uh, you don't have a juicy details. Inf- I'm not authorized no? to. Okay. <laughs> if you
0: did have juicy details, is okay. Is there can, a let time? me invent
1: some juicy details that it okay. could be. So NASA. So so. He, He's been good at segwaying lately. He doesn't. I'm he just don't, he's just jumping in. He's just jumping. I just, know I only have you for a short just, just amount of time jump. before you
0: got to get that red eye.
1: Just yeah, I'm flying back to. to thanks for fitting this in, Joe. My I mean, pleasure gosh, anytime. Just,
0: I would open this place up at
1: three in the morning for oh you. Oh man, no, I'm, I'm very. I'm, I feel the love, so thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, here's some things it could be because NASA is saying that it's it's a it's a stunning new announcement. Well, what could be more than the fact that we already know that there are. Uh, there are Earth-like planets orbiting in the Goldilocks zone of the nearest star to the sun, Proxima Centauri. Can you do better that, than that for me, NASA? I don't think so, unless you got some extra stuff you're going to tell us. Like, what's been a cottage industry in the last couple of years is the observation of planet atmospheres, as the planet passes in front of the host star, light from the host star passes through the atmosphere, and it is alt- and the light signature is altered by the chemistry of the atmosphere. So depending on what the chemicals are, it'll influence the spectrum that you get. And when you do that, you can say what the chemical composition of the atmosphere is that st- of that star is. There's, certain, there's a certain combinations of elements that we would call biomarkers. No, we can't look down to the surface of the planet and look at cities, if there are any. But there are consequences in the atmosphere to there being life on the surface. Such as, is there oxygen there? I used to think when I was watching Star Trek when I was a kid, because I saw it in real time, that's how old I am, uh, when it first came out, original series. um, Star Trek characters never wore spacesuits. Yeah. You ever wonder? I mean, you ever thought about that? Okay. What happens is they visit planets that have nitrogen, oxygen, atmosphere, Jim. All right, well, that's what our atmosphere is, nitrogen. So they find planets with nitrogen and oxygen. They go down. They don't need a spacesuit. So they've actually thought about that, and that's their solution. So that must mean there'd be planets that you could find. That Well, here's the thing. We have oxygen on Earth only because there is life on Earth, not any kind of life, photosynthesizing life. We have life that takes sunlight, turns it into chemical energy, into itself, into wood, into plants, and one of its byproducts is oxygen. Oxygen is chemically active. If you took away all plants tomorrow, that oxygen would slowly get absorbed chemically into the environment, and then you would not have oxygen there to be viewed by aliens trying to see if we have life here.
0: And it's pretty surprising to people to note that we're mo- mostly nitrogen in our atmosphere. Oh, yeah, we're, we're 78% nitrogen
1: yeah. in our atmosphere. You know what happens if you have too much oxygen? Uh, if you have, like, let's say 50% oxygen, or you get really more. high, right? High? <laughs> Isn't that part of it? No, what, you, um, what happens is like a forest fire would never go out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because oxygen feeds combustion. Right. And so you could basically burn all vegetation in the world if the oxygen went above certain thresholds. So you need it high enough so that you can still have oxygen metabolism, but not so high that it's bad for. Lightning triggered forest fires. So but if but my they point see is, that so so if they if in this if I don't know the announcement But right, I'm just right, guessing right. here because it's been a, a cottage industry the last couple of years. Let's find these biomarkers Do you have unstable chemistry going on in that atmosphere? Because if you do it means something's generating it and and certain combinations of chemistry tells you there's likely to be life of some kind
0: now, just a couple decades ago, we had speculation
1: of other planets, but we really didn't have any tangible proof. In fact, anyone, anytime I give a public talk, you can do this at your, in your gigs. Ask who here is born since 1995, okay? And you, 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 your audience leans young, so there'll be some fraction of the audience that'll raise their hand. And so what I do is I, I knight them as Generation Exoplanet. Ah. Because 1995 was the first year that an, that a planet outside of our own solar system was discovered So they have been alive only during a time where we've known of other star systems—that's so crazy. Generation exoplanet. <coughs> that's what I—I I, I want to start that movement. That's yeah. so—it's so crazy. That's so recent. I mean, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was living out here. Yeah. It's twenty. It's twenty-four years ago. It was twenty-two years ago. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's a, that's insane. If you stop and think about how what a short period of time that is, and in that period of time, we have thousands.
1: There's like yeah. rising through three thousand exoplanets. Wow. This is the advance of tech. That that's not just science advance. That's that's engineering and technology and and telescope quality and, and imaging quality. And it, there's a lot that goes on to the advance of science. It's not just how clever you are in an Einsteinian way. It's do you know good engineers to build a device to make the measurement? This is how we discovered gravity waves.
0: Now, what's so, your take on that planet that's supposed to be outside the Kuiper Belt? That's oh yeah, speculation yeah nine, So
1: far, Planet Nine. So far, yeah, yeah. I, all the data look convincing. So what? What they've done is they've looked at other objects in the Kuiper Belt and looked at the, these are uh, colleagues of mine at Caltech. Um, so it's it's uh, Mike Brown. Who you know, I get blamed for killing Pluto, but I I was an accessory for sure, but I didn't definitely didn't kill Pluto That dude killed Pluto. All right, he found another object that was basically the size of Pluto out there. So either you make that a planet or you demote Pluto. And how much smaller is Pluto than let's say our moon? Oh so so <coughs> don't get me started. Our moon has five times the mass of Pluto. Wow. So the moon the, the Pluto was lame from the beginning. All right, We we thought it was big. We wanted it to be big. We we, we we made it one of us, one of the nine, and its size didn't settle out until the late 1970s where we had better and better, more accurate ways to measure its size, and that's when we learned. It's small even compared to our own. But granted, we have a big moon, but if, if you're not going to think our moon is a planet, you're certainly not going to think that Pluto is a planet. So, so this object, let me just tell you how they did it. So they found these other objects out there, the same team. Um... Uh, Constantine, uh, I guess I pronounced his last name, Battingen and Mike Brown, uh, both at Caltech. And they found these objects in the outer, so the Kuiper belt of icy bodies where, of which Pluto is a member. You track their motion and you say, okay, if I add up all the gravity that's affecting them, they should move this way. But they don't. They move another way, a different way. So either Newton's laws of gravity are failing in the outer solar system, or there's some object out there whose gravity you have yet to reconcile with the motions of these objects. So they said, let's assume Newton is right. What object do we have to put out there, at what distance and at what size, to influence the movement of these Kuiper Belt objects in the way we see it?
0: And did they do this through Bode's law?
1: No, no, we are way past, no, no, we are way... way uh, past. Sorry, I'm, thanks for remembering Bode's Law, but Bode's Law was an early uh, measure of where you might find a new planet.
0: And it was based on mass and gravity? No,
1: no, Bode's Law was a simple <coughs> arithmetic tool. All it did was basically double the distance with a certain additive parameter.
0: Double the distance of known planets?
1: So, for example, um, uh, you know, and, and there was a little, there's a factor in there that helped the inner planets come out right, but... Uh, Let's look at Mars. Mars is like two and a half times Earth's distance from the Sun. Uh, what comes after Mars? Jupiter. Jupiter is five times Earth's distance.
0: Oh, I see. A,
1: a Saturn is ten times. So we went from two oh, and a half okay. to five to ten. So Bold's Law <coughs> is just a simple arithmetic scheme. It's not based in any known physics. And really. it was only
0: based on the solar system itself. And the
1: solar system itself. That's okay. right. So and it worked. And yet you, you have to fudge your way to get Mercury to work in that. Oh, really? And, and it wouldn't didn't have Pluto. Of course, Pluto wasn't a planet anyway. But anyhow, it was a It was a a fudgy way that was mostly right by accident. And this was in, like, what year was this? Oh, that was uh, uh, 1800s, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have advanced computer programming, very high precision modeling. And they're saying there's got to be a planet somewhere here in this arc of the sky. Let's look for it because we think that's what's affecting the orbits of these other objects and that is a completely noble way to discover a planet that's how neptune was discovered and because uh, ne- uh, everyone looked at the orbit of uranus and said you know uranus is not following newton's laws maybe maybe newton's laws don't work that far out it's never been tested that far and they said well let's let's assume it works and ask what would have to influence it, and, and by the way, it's a difficult mathematical calculation because you're not saying, here's the object, what's the gravity field? You're saying, here's the gravity field I need, where must the object be and how massive must it be? That's a much harder mathematical problem to solve. And so once the, 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 the errant orbit of Uranus was known and calculated, they started looking for another Planet and that's how they discovered planet Neptune
0: Wow, so now when they're looking at this planet nine
1: I hope I said that right. It was the the movement of Uranus's orbit was not following proper laws and they inferred the presence of Neptune They said look here tomorrow night, and they looked there and they found it Wow. Yes. It was a brilliant display of and and, no we're going back This is the 19th century, so I mean people people were badass at every uh, generations got their badass scientists
0: Now, how much further out from the known solar system is this uh, unknown planet supposed to be? So I'm not
1: quick to call it Planet Nine because it's it's 20,000 times farther away from the sun than the Earth is. <laughs> so I'm not sorry. You're not in the family. <laughs> you're not in the neighborhood. No, no, You're not in the hood. No.
0: <laughs> sorry, I'm not feeling it. It's like it. calling Connecticut, New York City. <laughs> I'm not feeling it.
1: Yeah, not wow. feeling it. So, yeah. but it's
0: something massive, right? It's like six times the mass of the yeah, Earth. Yeah, I
1: forgot what mass they were assigning it, but yeah, it, it would, if that were in our solar system, there be no question. You would label it as a planet.
0: And it wasn't was there one time speculation that it was some sort of a burnt out star that, that existed. No, not farther? at that mass. No, 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 no. no you small? might
1: be thinking if that's what I think you're thinking, you got good memory. The, long ago, in a galaxy far away, so I'm talking about the 1970s, uh, people looked at the extinction record on Earth. And every 20,000 years, they found a little blip, a little dip in the fossil record where we lost some species. And people were wondering why. Could there have been some flux of comets raining down periodically? on the earth, wreaking havoc on the ecosystem, rendering species extinct in these periodic intervals. If there is, maybe there's some double star to the sun, right? some binary star, uh, some system. Binary star system. So they invoked it <coughs> and then they called it, they gave, came a name with it, they called it nemesis. They gave it a name. And so you know what period, orbital period that object must have, it's got to match the extinction periodicity. And so it's got to be a 20,000 year period. And so, but people look for it, they couldn't find it. And then you reanalyze the, the extinction records, and it was you—you you had to fudge it to make it look like it was periodic. So basically, we've abandoned the idea of ne- of nemesis. N- and aren't binary star systems really common? Yeah, more than half the stars you see in the night sky are binary or multiple systems. In fact, the iconic image from Star Wars, the original Star Wars movie before they numbered them, I think. <laughs> what, what Star Wars right. four Tatooine, right? Uh, Is uh, that where they? Were well, yeah, whatever, whatever <laughs> that that that. That desert planet that Luke was on. And he comes out after visiting his, what is his his step parent? No, his adoptive parents. I don't don't remember. whoever, Whoever he was visiting, he comes out and you see a double sunset. So, that's basically the only accurate science in the entire series. <laughs> Star, that's it? Star Wars series. <laughs> uh, that was another thing I really enjoyed, is you're, you're taking a
0: part of gravity, oh, the movie oh, gravity, and how many people got mad at you for movie. that? The movie.
1: Yeah, you know, so I stopped commenting on movies. I don't need to <coughs> piss people off. I, these are, when I watch a movie, I'm having those thoughts Anyway, so I might as well share them with people if you're interested. So I did just that. And then people, the last time I did it was for Star Wars, The Force Awakens, uh, Mm -hmm. Star Wars Seven. I had a series of tweets. You know, one of them was um, BB-8, a smooth, rolling, metal, spherical ball, would have skidded uncontrollably on sand. People got angry. Someone someone tweeted back, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Okay? That's so, so I said, okay, I'm not here to get people angry. I'm just here to enlighten, to help people enhance their movie-going experience. But to the extent that it's not accomplishing this, I don't need to do it. I'm just saying. I don't. I'm an educator. I, I thought I was being nice. I don't need to do so. I haven't tweeted about a movie since then. I got tweets. Don't I could let post them. Stop I, you. I I, could, I have tweets I could post about Arrival. Please about, do. Well, I, didn't, I didn't watch that. You know okay. I watched a little bit of it. I shut it off. Okay. No, you got to give it a chance. I, as soon as I
0: see a movie that starts out, I don't. Spoiler alert! Starts out with a sick kid. I'm like, fuck you.
1: <laughs> I know what you're doing. No. In fact, it's very not about the kid. I'm sure. That's what I keep. Hearing. It's totally not about the kid. Jamie hated it. Oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> so you just give it a chance uh, but but anyhow so i just stop. maybe i'll come back but i'm do I'm- it
0: yeah, people need to know yeah. like gravity.
1: That was good that you explained that. The,
0: the, not only is this not plausible, those two satellites aren't anywhere near each other. Oh they're, my gosh! Then they were said,
1: "Oh, there's the there's the international space station, and I'm on the Chinese space station. Let me just jet pack my way there." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, do you realize? Excuse me, <laughs> lady. Do you? <laughs> hey, lady. Do you know how far away these are from one another? You can just jet around from one space station to another. No, can't do it. They're tens of thousands of miles from one another. For goodness sake. So but anyhow, so I yeah, you remember these tweets. Keep doing it, it was like 15 tweets and I didn't know. That was when I realized like the press was reading my movie tweets. Uh-huh. And those tweets. This is now a couple of years ago when Gravity came out with Sandra Bullock and 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 um uh uh what's the dude's name? George Clooney. So I, I tweeted it and they got talked about on the t- on the Today Show set, the set the weekend Today Show. On NBC, then it was talked about on NBC Nightly News. Then my tweets were talked about on Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update. It was like the NBC trifecta, and I said, (laughs) "My gosh, this was I had not that was not the point. I didn't seek this. It's fine. I'm glad they they are reacting this way because that means they care about the science. Maybe, but what Seth Meyers did because he was doing Weekend Update at the time, he said. Uh, astrophysicist Neil DeGrasse Tyson harshly criticized the movie Gratity, uh, saying it contains a number of scientific inaccuracies. For example, there is no way George Clooney would have spent that much time talking to a woman his own age.
0: <laughs> ah! That's hilarious. I think Sandra Bullock's still younger than George
1: Clooney, though. So they should have got their facts right. But, yeah, but not by much. I mean, yeah, they were in the same neighborhood. Yes, they are yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, I think it's important. I think that you, you enjoy the movie. It's great. It's fun and everything like that. But it's important to point out what the science errors are. I think... I, I think the, the I think the movie could have done better. Honestly, yeah. I think they could have made the same movie. By the way, I did like the movie. Science. People
1: thought I didn't like the movie when all I was doing was pointing out things they got wrong. Um, by the way, they did some stunning things correctly. For example, this is this is brilliant. If you're in zero g, a fire basically puts itself out. So think about it. when you burn a candle on Earth. Uh, so you light the wick. Does people have candles anymore? They forgot what a candle is. You light it with a match that you used to get from smoking (laughs) lounges at bars. All right, so you light the candle and it stays lit. The fuel is the wax. The oxygen continually comes in because it heats the air around it and the air rises. Hot air rises, and fresh air comes in from below and has fresh oxygen. So the candle will stay lit until it burns all the way down. In space, if you light a candle, you can light the candle. It'll heat the air, but the air will not know where to go because it's not lighter than everything because it's in zero G. It'll stay clustered around the candle. The candle will use up all the oxygen in that bubble, and then it'll put itself out. They did this in the movie. So why do they have some good they, science? They, because they I mean, you can't think of everything. Why so, they just have you on staff? Well, no, they bring you in. Well, no, because maybe I couldn't movie? think of anything. If I, so you can't think of everything. So I wasn't judgmental so much as this movie. The fact that it got so much right is what put it on my map to criticize what it got wrong. That makes sense. Uh, does that make does that make sense? Yes. Okay, like is, it, hair. it earned the, the right. Hair. Yeah, oh, the hair, her bangs should have, should been, have been floating.
0: Floating all over the now, place, Now, if right? you
1: might think, am, am I nitpicky? No, because if you look at any picture of somebody with hair, okay, in space, in zero G, their hair is flying everywhere. It's the first thing you notice about them. It is so obvious, like, wow, that's the cool... You're not thinking about the spaceship or the TIE technology. You're looking at the hair doing stuff you will never see happen on Earth unless someone is, like, underwater and they're jiggling their head.
0: So they would have to film it all in zero gravity. They would have to film it all in one of those drop
1: things. Yeah, or the drop thing. You know, they'd have to be c- clever about it. And uh, she only had bangs. That's all you had to right. figure out how to... They did other clever things. So anyway, that's all I did. By the way, in all fairness to movies, I'll call out something that's good that a science that a movie got right that otherwise got no science right. I'll be—I'm the first in line to do that. Like what? Oh, uh, in the movie Monsters Inc. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the, the, uh, you didn't—you th- didn't think I was going there, did no. you? No. Uh, those doors were four-dimensional portals to to another. To, the, the, that's possible. Well, if you had four dimensions, that's what it would look like. Do you remember the movie? You yes. Open, they take the doors home. Yes. They open the door, and they're in the closet. Of the kid that they're going to terrorize. Yes. You, that's a wormhole. That's what, that is what access to the fourth dimension looks like.
0: Do you think scientifically that's possible one day? That, I, I hope people... so.
1: I hope so. Really? Because here's the example. We, we, we've got a nice broad desk we hear at, at, at this interview, right? So desk is two dimensions. It's got length and width. And I can start putting papers on this desk. And I can lay them out mosaic style. And then all of a sudden I have no more room to put a sheet of paper. If I'm an ant living in this surface of the desk, I say, no more room. But wait a minute. We are three-dimensional people. And I can put an organizer and, and, and stack things vertically. So I can take a sheet of paper, and now I can put it... Higher up than the surface of the desk, the ant will say, "Where did it go? Oh my gosh, it disappeared in some portal. Where? No, no. What? What is that? It went into the third dimension." And the ant, bound to uh, ant, obviously is a, th- a three-dimensional thing. Right. W- imagine it's it only lives in two dimensions. You would have made that paper disappear into a third dimension, and it'll have no clue where it went because you had a portal. You had access to that extra dimension. So, look at how much you can store on a desk when you have access to a third dimension above it. Vastly more than just papers mosaicked out on the surface. So now, let's up this example by a dimension. You're p- storing boxes in a room. Oh, I ran out of room. No, you didn't. Let's open this four-dimensional door. You open it, put the boxes through the door, close the door, Boxes is gone. That would be awesome for hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> You look around the other side of the bo- right. the, the door, there's nothing there. Right. The, your side of the door, nothing there. It's just a door. That is a portal to a fourth dimension mm-hmm. that can hold vastly more content than whats what you're stuck storing in the three-dimensional space of your room. Now, that so, concept, so So though. that's a brilliant concept. And even though it has monsters that don't exist, that all speak English, and one of them is a cyclops, and one of them is a... You know, I'm not judging the biophysiology of these creatures, but they got the physics of... Of, of four-dimensional portals, completely accurate.
0: Now, the concept of dimensions is where it gets really
1: abstract with people. I love me some dimensions, and it is abstract. It is, now, and that's why you 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 take let the math take you. Into those higher dimensions because our intuition will not will fail for us.
0: Right. Well, that's where it gets weird when you say take the math or let the math take you. So, like, when quantum physicists use these legal notepads, those yellow pads, and write all that crazy stuff down that nobody but you and maybe them understand. And when you look at all those equations.
1: No, it's them, maybe me. Not maybe me, you. maybe then. <laughs> well,
0: them. You probably understand it, right? But I definitely don't. My point is, what are they... Exactly figuring out that allows them to say there are. I think they say at one point in time it was eleven, but I think they've expanded that. Right? What, well, what are they yeah, saying So now? I,
1: I don't have the latest dimension count on the universe, but what the way it works is you you're you trying to make sense of the world, right? And so you take some leaps, so, some some philosophical leaps, leaps, some mathematical leaps. You say, all right, maybe all particles that manifests as an electron, a proton, a neutron, maybe quarks, maybe they're just strings of energy vibrating at different frequencies, and we sense these different frequencies as different particles. Let's just go there for a okay. minute. Well, if you're going to do that, what are the consequences to it? Then, And how many dimensions do these vibrating strings require to have the properties that we see in our dimensionality? So... So the exercise of explaining what you see takes you to places that you've never been before. And that's fine. Places, at intellectual places that, you've, that have been previously unplumbed. There's nothing wrong with that. We've done that before. We, that's why we know what is happening in the center of the sun. Have we ever been there? No. No. But we know how matter behaves under pressure and temperature. We can do that in a laboratory. We've got a sun sitting out there with a surface temperature, a mass, a certain luminosity. And we say, what must be going on down in the core? Let's bring our best physics, our quantum physics, our, our chemistry, our, our nuclear physics. Bring it all together. And we have a complete understanding of what's going on in the center of the sun. And we're on to other problems now, even though we've never visited there.
0: So when they're going over this math, the mathematics and like observable things that we have right now, are at like the atomic and subatomic level, correct? Well, we
1: don't, you, you can't see. Do you realize the electron? Uh, just to, okay. So I, I, I made, I did a whole series of this. Uh, there's something called the the Great Courses lecture series. Uh, it's a, it's oh yeah, a,
0: that we, it was a sponsor of this podcast for a while. Were they? Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: great courses. So, uh, cool. So, uh, I was once invited to be one of their professors for the great courses. And I taught a, a very short, most of them are like 30 lectures. It's like a whole college semester. So, and I don't have the time, uh, the energy. So they let me do like short bits. So one of them was only six parts. And it's called the inexplicable universe. And it's six parts of everything about which we know nothing in this universe. And you might say, well, that's a pretty easy course to give. <laughs> Dark matter, having a clue, okay? On to the next lecture. It might be something. Dark matter, yeah, it could be something. We don't know. Stay tuned. So, but it's interesting to learn how we come to know what we don't know. And so it's, it's an exploration of our ignorance, and I'm uh-huh. very proud of it because it's it's not n- what you'd normally find in a lecture series, and it's still it's still out there. but one of the things I will tell you in it and I'll tell you now, the electron has no known dimension; it is smaller than the smallest we have ever had the capacity to measure. so as far as we are concerned, it is infinitely small. Whoa, we have no way to even know how to measure. By the way, how do you measure something small? You get something smaller and find out how many of those it is. Ugh. <laughs> 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 oh my head. <laughs> my
0: stupid head. <laughs> no, think about
1: it. No, no, think about the challenges at each extreme. Ask me how big is the universe and I'll say it's as big as well, I got nothing what am I going to say? Right? There's nothing as big as the universe. So at the biggest end and at the littlest end there's not something else it's, it's it, it doesn't work as well okay to try to s- say what it is relative to something else
0: do you entertain the possibility that the biggest end the littlest end of the same thing meaning that at our the smallest measurable point that literally might be a whole nother universe that like might be fractal
1: it's fun to think about uh You mean all the way down? Yeah. It's fun to think about.
0: Like infinitely down,
1: like down. However, and people, by the way, in in the 1920s, when we discovered the atom and its structure and that there's an electron Mm -hmm. in. Quote, orbit around a nucleus. It was like, wait, we've been there before. We got planets orbiting the sun. And so this, this, so maybe it's a mini solar system. Maybe it's, it's solar systems all the way down. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad we
0: brought this up because I wanted to bring this question. That I almost forgot. There's a photograph of a brain cell. And Side-by-side side with a photograph of the known universe and they look eerily similar
1: So you're talking about the large-scale structure yes. of the universe where there's the- clumping of galaxies yes. So I'll get to that in a minute. Pull and that up, Jamie. Okay, so, so I'll get to that. So <coughs> uh, Do you ever tell him just pull up his own damn images? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can't put it on
0: the TV, so he has to do it.
1: So You uh, uh, So here's down. why right. that's not likely. Okay It was an entertained idea, but here's why it's not likely. The manifestation of the laws of physics are different at the atomic scale than they are at the macroscopic scale. Mm. They're just simply different. A planet can take any orbit sensible for its velocity around a host star. An electron cannot. Its energy levels are predetermined and quantized, hence the word quantum the prefix quanta in quantum physics. So if it was a continuum of matter and energy following the same laws of physics, then I would say then it's solar systems all the way down. Mm. But the rules completely change. And so things can on the surface seem similar but when it comes time to understand them and to analyze them and to manipulate them and to exploit their conduct and their behavior for other means as we have done with atoms and molecules for the entire IT revolution you no longer are they the same and you abandon this romanticized concept mm. so now with the neurons the the network of neurons and the cluster the clusters of galaxies and galaxy uh superclusters that would be on the right uh, neurons on the left That's so eerie Yes so so yeah they can look the same but they are operating under completely different laws of physics so in other words, the laws of physics that, that dictate what's going on in brain cells have no relationship to what's going on in the universe. Brain cells, you're undergoing, uh, we can tell you what forces are operating. It's, it's, it's electromagnetic forces. Brain cells use electrical impulses, chemical uh, impulses. This is why drugs can affect the brain. Mm-hmm. All right? there are chemical imp- there, there's chemistry going on in the brain mm-hmm. in its natural state. You disrupt that, enhance it. You just, pu- you just put down some some... Some chemistry in your stomach that's now affecting your brain. Um, what did you just drink there? What was it? Alpha brain. Alpha brain. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. So you're entering the chemistry. Of, so it's chemistry. Mm-hmm. What's going on on the large-scale structure of the universe is not chemistry. Right. There's some chemistry deep within, but it's not, the chemistry is not what's making that pattern. And because of that, it becomes an artistic curiosity, not something that has any kind of deep scientific... Um, insight. So it's just a fascinating and,
0: and similarity.
1: Yes, it's a fascinating similarity. Put them up together, and it's fun to think about it. But it's not. Uh, it's fun to think about it artistically, but not scientifically. No.
0: it's great if you're hanging out with your friends, going, "Wow, man! It
1: uh, uh, depends on how high you are." Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah. But now, yeah.
0: when you're looking at subatomic particles. Excuse me. And you are looking at these like uh, when, when they, they observe uh, particles in superposition, where they're moving and stationary at the same time, where they blink in and out of existence. Like when when you get down to that. And
1: I repeat the the uh, the opening page of the book: the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't.
0: It yeah. Definitely doesn't. For yeah. Very so few things. The, uh,
1: yeah. So at that scale, uh, things that go on with atoms and molecules fall outside of your life experience. You don't hang out at the bar with protons, nucleons, or you know, other nucleons or, or molecules. You just don't. So what they do in their day is completely foreign to you. So now you shrink down to that size, and particles are popping in and out of existence. They're, they're, they become conjoined quantum mechanically conjoined and it's completely weird and you would say this is none of this makes sense and this is observable oh yes in in a visual sense uh well depends depending how big the phenomena is otherwise you can see other things that would happen that you know that are the manifestations of that happening right yes but
0: so an electron is smaller even than that oh yes by how many factors? No, no. We don't, we don't even it, know. We don't know how we don't small know. an electron We've so, never measured
1: the size of an electron.
0: The concept of super string theory. So a these vibrating strings are smaller than that.
1: Yes. They, the, I th- the strings would have to be smaller, thinner, smaller than the electron itself. Yes, By many, many. Uh, that I, don't, I couldn't quantify for you. I've got to bring in a string theory person. So it's like at the bottom of what we can observe. Well, that's a great question. What is the bottom? And the, right. you, you know the word Adam, which was introduced by the Greeks. You know what Adam means in Greek? It has a translation. You know what it means? No. Indivisible. Ah. So they imagined that all matter was, you'd come down to something. That was indivisible. How the hell did and they that figure would, that out? No, they didn't figure it out. They supposed it, and but it's amazing that they were they, right. The first, they were, you know, they were wealthy and had free time, and you know, when they weren't waging war, you could think, and you know, what we think of as philosophy uh, is traceable to a lot of what they were doing back then, and the origins of what science is are traceable to back to back then. That you'd have an idea that applies to what the universe does that enables you to predict future behavior. That is science. And so so the atom, it turned out, is divisible. It's divisible into subatomic, subatom particles. So you get electrons, protons, neutrons, and a whole host of other particles less familiar. Uh, there are neutrinos and other things. Then it turns out protons and neutrons are further divisible. The, you get quarks out of those. And as far as we know... There are only four fundamental particles in the universe: the photon, which is light, the electron, of which there are several species, there's the anti-electron and this thing. but just these are, just let's stay simple here: the photon, the electron, the, the quark, and the neutrino Oof. that's it. Everything in the universe that we 've ever observed is made out of that stuff. Oof. So those are quote the atoms of the universe the indivisible parts if you will now This is a no, good. no by the way dark matter could be made of yet another kind of oh, thing that we don't know yet <laughs> But we, we got top people trying to figure out what dark matter is we've measured it out there We just don't know what it is.
0: Well, it's yet. something like 90 something percent of the universe If you itself? add up
1: dark matter and dark energy uh, It's 95 percent of all that drives the universe and Oof. we can measure the existence of both Yet, we have no idea what's driving them. This is an awesome opportunity
0: for you to illuminate this often. But it's all in Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Okay, this it's is it's, all in. So, it's so, out in May.
1: It uh, comes out in May. You, you can pre-order it, which, by the way, publishers love it if you pre-order. Isn't <laughs> it it's adorable? But you, it's, it's beautiful. It's, ad- it's,
0: it's a good size. It's adorable. You can ad- pre-order it on Amazon?
1: You know, the reason why they, publishers like you to pre-order <laughs> it is so that they can... H- accurately, yeah, they yeah. just want to. They don't want to overprint. Right. They don't want to underprint. They, if so, they get a sense of the pre-ordering because you're not charged until they ship it. So it's it's a pretty harmless exercise.
0: While we're on this uh, subject of subatomic particles and and weirdness, I wanted to I wanted if you could illuminate this often misused explanation for the observer effect. Because, you know, the the particles, waves, and you watch them, and observe them, and it changes the reaction. It is
1: heavily misunderstood.
0: It's misunderstood yes. because people want to attribute it to magic, the magic the of the mind and the consciousness looking at it. But isn't it, in fact, just measuring it? Yes. Thank you. Please explain. Next question. <laughs> no, play, explain to people, because I'm so tired of Joe, talking to good. hippies.
1: Joe, you're good. It just
0: drives you me gotta nuts. you got to
1: carry your people with you. I try. What, what, where are they, where when, they coming when from? I'm th- where the, are you pulling? What? What? <laughs> What, where are you getting your people? I don't uh, know. Re- well,
0: the, I, I don't own them for sure. You don't own them. So they're okay. definitely not my people. They vary greatly. You can't even loop them together. I know. You, you, looked got, at, you, like,
1: have, you have an admirably diverse following and that not many people can claim that. And it's probably because of your diverse profile. Right? I mean, well, I'm as open minded as I can but be. But on top of that, you're smart about... and you read and you're thoughtful and you're also, on some level, respectful. You'll hear it somebody out and you're, you know, you did, you got your MMA thing. So, no, you, you're in a lot of places and a lot of spaces, and that's a good thing. I mean, we need more unity in this world. So, so, well, you thank know, you. Yeah. Thank you. So, pl- please
0: explain what, what, are, what people are getting wrong. Okay. And so, very it's, simplistic. It's much
1: simpler than you think. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. So, I'm looking at you. The only reason why I can see you is because there's light reflecting off of your face, your body, into my eyes. So there's light. Oh, by the way, these are stars. That's beautiful. Yeah, those are Hubble photographs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those are uh, images That's from the Hubble. I didn't Hubble. notice that when I walked
0: in. They're sheets that you put over the uh, fluorescent light cover. Very And nice. so when we look up, we actually see the Very real nice. so, real images so, so from the Hubble. So you're
1: pretending it's the night sky. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it doesn't and look you're as not cool in a as it could be. completely cavernous
1: recording studio. Well,
0: what I want to do in the future studio, I want to actually build a glass ceiling and have a full-scale image, high-resolution image of the stars. So a planetarium. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're and describing a planetarium yeah, exactly
1: call it that it's a planetarium
0: well something like that but i just wanted an image
1: <laughs> yeah, what you can yeah no you do better than that tell me how to do it no, i'll do it no, no do better than that you get a you, you just you, you get a curved version of those very high resolution led screens curved. yeah okay. and then you put any image up there you want ooh and then, okay. then so it's the do... night sky tonight it's what the sky looks like from from Alpha Century,
0: Oh, so like when you go to see one of those star shows at a planetarium and they show it on the ceiling above you.
1: Well, yes, but nowadays that the ceiling itself is the is the source of light. Right. And it's not projected from something right. else. Right. So then you just feed that with image data and Dude. then it becomes whatever you want. Can yeah. you hook me up with someone who knows how to do that? Yeah, I can totally. Ooh! Yeah. Yeah, I know you don't know people. I got people. Well, I mean people you, that like you need my You need my people. for you're,
0: something. Well, you're you know I, the knew, real I thought you had people, people. <laughs> but you know the people at the top that would teach the people So we'll okay, get, so we'll here is it it. I'm looking
1: at you. Okay. All right. Yes, and I see you. I Want to know where you are? So I turn on the lights, and I say there you are all right now. Let's make you tinier Let's make you mini me Okay, like in the movie, Um, right? So now it's a tiny version of you a mini me version of Joe Rogan now You're little I turn on the lights. You're still there Okay, okay, because if the lights are not on I can't see you. I don't know where you are right. It's that simple. Okay, okay? When you start becoming the size of molecules Right on down to the size of an atom and I ask the question Where is Joe Rogan, the atom? And I turn on the light to see you there because I think you're there. The light, the photon comes in, hits your atom, and pops you into another location. Mm. The very act of trying to measure your position. Prevents me from measuring your position. And it has to have jack shit to do with your consciousness or your mind or your eyes or anything. It has to do with the fact that to know you're there, some information has to come from you to me. Like shining a light on you. And the smaller you are, the more susceptible you are to the, the, the energy of the light changing your position in space. So, my question is, how know You know what it's like? You ever, I don't know if this still happened, you, you, a quarter spills out of your pants pocket on the back seat of a car and it's there in the wedge between the bottom and the back seat. Mm-hmm. And so you try to reach in to get it. And the act of reaching for the coin makes the coin move farther away from you. Ah. The act of reaching for it. Right, cause you because you separate You separate it and it just slides down even further. That's not your mind making that happen. It's the, it's the act of the measurement that is affecting what it is you're trying to measure. And this was discovered in quantum physics and to the point where that's actually, it's the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. It's, it's one of the basic foundations of all of quantum physics
0: now when it 's described it 's profound. It's profound but when it's described in the woo woo way you they, they show these particles going through these slots and then observing them changes the pattern that they go through with and there's a there 's a, a a horrible cartoon that you see in that uh, movie what in the bleep i couldn 't get through that movie I tried did you go crazy with the I,
1: bad I, science you no, know, can I tell you where I turn to maybe Please. I should I, I,
0: well, here's what people don't know. A yeah. lot of that is from a cult. The woman That I didn't know. The woman who is the the I don't mind a cult movie. I don't yeah. you know. She's a channeler. She's okay. speaking as a character. Like okay. do, do you know that that one blonde woman, older blonde woman that's in that movie? Yeah, okay. And she uh-huh. speaks when she speaks, she's speaking as a character. Okay, I didn't know that. You have Not to it. like she's okay.
1: she's a part of like this very bizarre Sort of cult, okay, and should I tell you where I tuned it out, or you want to finish please your, do. Or do no, you want to finish where? okay, so I was, tried to I just couldn't watch it right there's a point where they were talking about uh, uh, natives in the, the Caribbean seeing European ships, yes and then they said, well, because they'd never seen a ship before they brain didn't register it as anything and then it just disappeared bullshit and i'm thinking no that's not how the brain works <laughs> yeah. excuse me that's not how this works okay yeah. what would happen they might not know what they're looking at but they'll know they're looking at something and exactly. they've had ships they they went from island to island that's how you get from island to island they say well <laughs> that's a really big version yeah. of what we're we've never seen anything that big before i don't know what it is i don't know where it came from but i want to find out i, I want to study it i'm going to protect myself. I'll whatever so just because you've never said doesn't mean you're not going to register it excuse me no exactly no i said no what i can't waste my i got other things i got to devote my brain energy to instead of instead of this but someone else said oh it gets better later on so i said maybe i'll one day oh no it doesn't it (laughs) it does not it gets more
0: confusing later on and it 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 does a, a better job of confusing you
1: as to what science has shown and what they haven't shown now by the way Just in all fairness to what they, I think that the point they were trying to make, there are things that if you don't know to recognize them, you would, they would go undiscovered. Yes. Okay. But that doesn't mean you wouldn't see them. Okay. So for example, let's say you're walking and you didn't know that you were walking over this huge burial mound because the slope was really shallow and you're just walking OK, well, you just you, you, you didn't notice that. OK, so you need a different way to see it in order to know. So th- from space, from an angle, measure the height, whatever. So there are ways to miss things. That, so, and, that, and that happens all the time. Right. But if it's something there on the horizon, my gosh. This is why we have eyes, okay? <laughs> now, they're not the best data-taking devices, but if it's come time to tell you whether there's a ship or not a ship that you've never seen before, it's a ship. Of course. Okay? Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, there's
0: so much evidence of that when people discover new animals. Yes. New anything. anything. They've never new seen anything. things before. Anything. New, yeah, new anything. anything. There's My no gosh. record of it whatsoever. People find it, and they can still see Most it. Most
1: scientific discoveries, you discover something we've never seen before.
0: Ramtha. That was the woman's name. That was the person that, that she was that's channeling. A cool cha-
1: that's a cool channeling name. Yeah. If you had to have a channeling name.
0: Ramtha, if I were a channeler,
1: I'd be Ramtho. I found that
0: after the, uh, after the, the movie was done, after I watched it. I was mm-hmm. I, They got me with a lot of things. I was like, wow, is that true? Is that real? And then I started reading. Fortunately, that movie came out in the 2000s instead of in the 90s. Because if it came out in the 90s, we would have all got duped. Oh, yeah. Because okay. we wouldn't have the internet. Oh, we wouldn't right, be able right. to research all the right. shit that's wrong with it. Right. But in the mm-hmm. 2000s, I started researching it. And then I would send it to my friends. Like, look at, look, look where the fuck this came from. And then. <laughs> (laughs) And and then you go, oh, that's a cult? Yeah, it's a cult. The lady's a cult. She's
1: she's talking like she's an alien. She's supposed to be an alien, right? Isn't that... Do you see it in there anywhere? Again, I don't. Mi- I don't mind if people think they're channelers. I just don't put them in charge of anything. That's all.
0: Well, it's it's, it's not that I society. mind. It's just that you should probably say that when you get going with that. Oh, thing in advance, in the beginning. Yeah, up front. yeah, So I know up exactly front. what But I'm she's not going to say. This with. is a cult. Nobody's yeah. ever that. She just that.
1: calls herself rampant. They think it's real and genuine, and since and they're very sincere because they're yeah. c- they've duped themselves. Well, that whole thing. So what you just- need is is is, is you, you know what you need. I, is some foundation of science literacy so that you can inoculate yourself mm. against those who would exploit your absence of knowledge of how the science works right. for their own gain.
0: Well, not even for their own gain, just YouTube videos. I mean, someone could make a very compelling YouTube video where they get you convinced that, oh my God, dinosaurs aren't real. Right. They start playing these things for you. They tell, they tell you cell about- cell phones the- can
1: pop popcorn. In the, you ever see that one? Oh, I
0: have seen that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You line up sometimes some, and then they start popping. Coins. Yeah. You got to like direct yeah, That was a fun one. The cor- uh, that was a fun one. Yeah. That can't really happen. No, of course not. No, of course no, not. Course yeah, not. Yeah, yeah.
0: You imagine it could. Jesus Christ. We'd well, be like, what are we doing with these phones? <laughs> but there's, there's a ton of those out there where people see that's, it's one of the problems with, uh, with a lack of dialogue with someone who just has one narrative. Like you sit down, you edit something and you just talk. You know, it's, it's it's very similar to like, even if you write a blog, I mean, it's one thing if you're writing a blog, like say if you're an expert in uh, electronics, you write a, a blog about how a television works, but if you're just a person, and you don't really understand what you're talking about, but you write something, and you use the right words, and you say it in a very compelling way, like an attack piece on someone that really has no basis in reality, you can have someone convinced, this person's a terrible person, just by writing something, so, without them having to respond, like, hold up, stop, never did that. I stop. tweeted a few never weeks ago, there.
1: I tweeted a few weeks. I'm I'm not going to botch it because it's it's way better as the tweet than I will ever remember it as the tweet. So it was uh, one of the great challenges in life is knowing enough to think you're right, but not enough to know you're wrong.
0: Ah. Yeah. Well, that is a big problem with a lot of people that watch these YouTube videos, That's right? what it is. They say, yeah. oh,
1: this is right. Oh, my gosh. But they don't know enough to know why it's wrong. Well,
0: this is what I want to talk to you about. What is it about people that there's this this, this is very compelling need to find something out that other people don't know, like the world is flat, like dinosaurs aren't real? Like that kind of stuff is very compelling to
1: people. So what I do in those cases in the... in the Bigfoot. Uh, yeah. So what I do is I would say... Um, instead of debating them, and some of some of your listeners are listening to this right now. What all I would do is say, "What is your best single bit of evidence for what you're claiming, and what would it take to show that you're wrong?" Mm. All right. Well, let's go okay? with a simple one. So, so, so that's what I would ask. Okay. And I've done this exercise. And it doesn't work. You know why? Why? Because there was a guy who didn't believe we went to the moon. We spent a third of our time in our last session there. So there's uh, uh, someone I know who doesn't believe we went to the moon. Let me just say he's skeptical. So I said, what kind of evidence would convince you? He said, uh, images of the landing site of the Apollo missions. So I said, okay. Here's a website where we sent... Uh, in fact, it wasn't us. It was the Chinese. I think it was the Chinese or Europeans sent a a probe to an orbiter to the moon, so that it was close enough because ground based telescopes are not uh, don't they don't have the resolution to see the landing sites. But if you get close enough to the moon, you can it it photographed the entire surface of the moon, and there were the landing sites, and you saw the rover tracks and the the the, the base for the, the lunar module, and so he that night he went home and found it. And then he came back and says. Well, NASA could have faked that. Well, I'm done with you. We have no more to talk about. Because he's not ready to be convinced. Well, that's a weird because one. I because I gave him the Brad, evidence he asked for. Exact evidence. That would convince him, and it did not convince him. That's so, a singular so, so event. I said, we I ha- I have no other conversation with him.
0: That's a singular event, which you could say in one way or another, like, it is possible that someone could fake a singular event. They can't fake whether or not the world's flat. Right, like that to me is the scariest one. That there's so many people out there that believe the world is flat because the, you could you could literally see the curvature of the Earth from a plane. I mean, you can get to parts of the you look at the images from the space station where they circle the moon or they circle of the Earth, the Earth yeah. rather. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there's many many satellite images of, mm-hmm. of the Earth in its entirety. You know, and one of the things that the argument was is how come every photograph of the Earth is a compilation of photographs. Well, because they're all taken from 300 miles up, the Earth is huge.
1: Yeah, here's way bigger than 300 miles. Yeah,
0: you right. have to take uh,
1: a compilation. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to. That's the
0: only way to get. Well, except the for Earth.
1: the Apollo photo. The Apollo right. 17 coming back has the Earth. That's the famous one that has Africa and Antarctica in view. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the full Earth. Very few full Earths. It's very hard to get a, f- a full Earth single photo. Of course. The, the ast- and when we went to the moon, the moon missions, when they're coming back, think about it to get full Earth means the sun is behind the astronauts on the way back to Earth, which means the side of the moon facing Earth is not lit. But that's the side of the moon they came from. So they want to visit the moon while it's sunlight there. They don't want to need flashlights when they get to the moon. So if they visit the moon while there's sunlight, Earth, the view of Earth, at that time will not be full. So Apollo 17 was there long enough so that by the time they left... The moon was basically a new moon. Earth was full moon. Uh, Earth was full Earth, and then they got a full Earth photo.
0: Those packs that they have on their back that regulate the temperature—that yes. allows them to walk on the surface of the yes. moon when it's two hundred fifty degrees above yeah. zero. Well, the
1: side that's facing the sun is right. more than two hundred degrees, and in the shadow, it, it drops two hundred
0: fifty degrees below. below. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: can it switch back and forth between those two environments? Yeah. What you need? No. What you just insulate. The astronaut's insulated. And so right. when you're insulated, those temperature extremes are not felt. Or they're, so, felt they're, they're minimized.
0: And it's regulated by the pack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the it's a life pack support. The goes warm It's not only cool. oxygen
1: and—no, it maintains the temperature. But it's in the capable, of obviously, go- of
0: warming and cooling. In the right? face in of what's going
1: on. It maintains the temperature. That's how you need to think about it.
0: Okay, so regardless of what. It's not that it's
1: cooling one side of you and chilling the other uh, and heating the other side. Right. It's maintaining a temperature for you.
0: And when you are in space, like say, when they're doing a space walk, like on the space station, same thing. Same thing as being on the surface of the moon. Because there's no atmosphere.
1: On Earth, you are in in this cocoon, dare I say, of atmosphere. So all the air in this room is the same temperature. Because the air can communicate a difference in temperature to itself, equilibrating it across the whole room. Right. If you don't have air, then your temperature is measured by where's the energy coming from that's hitting you. And if the sun is hitting you... All that energy will be raising your temperature, and the side of you that's not facing photons, that temperature will drop. So you need to—you could survive it if you put yourself on a rotisserie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> figure out the right rotation rate. And even then, you'd have to spin pretty quick in order to balance I have to it all. Calculate out. that? Yeah, you—you you have to figure out what the right rate is.
0: Now, when you get in a debate with a guy like I that, don't Bob people.
1: guy, I, I don't debate people.
0: Okay. Well, when you discuss, because that's the saying educate, goes, when an right. argument
1: lasts more than five minutes, both sides are wrong. Well, that's a terrible saying. It's yeah, definitely it's, it's mostly someone right. wrong
0: and the other person's stubborn. You know, it could definitely last for hours. Yeah. yeah. That's,
1: a, <laughs> that's not true <laughs> it's, at all. It's, not, it's true 80% of the time. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um,
0: but you got into it with that rapper that thinks that the—
1: I'll tell you why, B.O.B. Because yeah. in his Twitter stream, he was saying he was invoking physics. Hmm. And so I, I got I gotta deal with this
0: right yeah and so he showed in.
1: a picture from Bear Mountain, which is a mountain in in slightly upstate New York mm-hmm. where Manhattan is in the sight line of the summit of this mountain, and he says, given the curvature of the earth and this formula, you should not be able to see Manhattan at all, okay um, it, and it depends on the height that you're viewing Well, you from. thank you well well so so you, you do the math, and it turns out Manhattan the island would not be visible at all. That's true. But any building taller than 15 stories would rise up above the curvature of the earth, and you will see it. And if you look at the photo, you see the tall buildings rising above 15 stories. It's exactly what the correct formula shows, and not his formula, which was wrong and misinterpreted, uh, claims to show.
0: Well, it's just bizarre, because snipers have been using the, the, the literal curve of the earth to plan where bullets go. That's if how want you want it that plot precise. Out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to. When you shoot at yeah. a mile, yeah. you know, when you're shooting like well out over 1000 yards, those those factors.
1: So let me think. A mile I have to ask how much cur- curvature of the earth do you get after a mile? It's well, interesting. We also get drop, question. You
0: get drop and curvature. That'd be
1: gravity drop. Yes. And then curve. Yeah, so both of those. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, there's a good well, it's here here's the thing to say someone. If you uh, have a bullet in your hand and you shoot a gun, uh, which bullet drops moment. faster,
1: right? They yeah, they, generally they get the wrong answer to that Yeah, yeah. They drop at the exact same rate They'll hit the ground at the same time. exact
0: same time and that that blows people's minds. Right. They can't believe that but fact. you do that
1: in physics 101 you know, yeah. we, It's it's an It's a physics demo so that's why physics is so important. You know, people say, oh, let's take biology and this. Great. But don't leave out the physics, because that's where the fundamental operations of nature are to be found, of the yeah. physical universe are to be found. So what you have is, you have a gun at one side. Uh, it's like a, a thing that shoots out a projectile, and we'll call it a gun, at one side of the stage. And then you have like a little stuffed animal at the other side of the stage, held up with an electromagnet at the top of its head. And these two are exactly the same level. As the projectile comes out from the, this mini cannon, it trips an electric circuit that releases the electromagnet at the top of the stuffed animal. The stuffed animal begins to fall. The bullet moves horizontally but also falls because gravity is pulling them both. And you watch the projectile curve down. You watch the stuffed animal curve down, and it hits the stuffed animal. Every single time the only
0: factor that would change that would be if you put wings on the bullet and it was dealing with the wind
1: <laughs> <Wings>. <laughs> Right yeah wind wind would affect it. Yeah, uh, do they have bullets with wings? I haven't seen that. No, they don't okay No, but wondering. if they did yeah
0: you know, if, like, you shot the bullet, and then they figured out, like, clink, <laughs> and the wings came out. I then saw that on some
1: wind. James Bond movie, I Probably. thought. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's just got to be frustrating for you when these things come back around. Like, I, there was no flat-earth theory when I was
1: in high school. So well, there are the other hell... things, though. Think about it. When you are in high school, there was much more astrology going on. Oh, yeah. The President Reagan. Oh, let's talk uh, about that. Nancy Reagan Is had an astrologer. Uh, so, today you don't see much of it unless you talk to Steve Maxwell well but it's still there it's just not. It's not manifesting in public policy. Some people believe in it deeply. I agree, but it's not up there in public policy. That's what right. I'm saying. Okay.
0: Well, Nancy Reagan was really the only one that made it public well, policy. Sure, wasn't but she? then,
1: but at the bar, do you do you hear people saying, "What's your sign?" Oh hell Is that yeah. Pick up a pickup Oh hell still? yeah. Hundred percent. Don't know. Especially, Let it not be true. Listen, dude, you're married. On Tinder, they're putting. Po- i know, married, older so, man. I'm out of it. You Excuse don't understand.
0: Me. If you want to get laid, you <laughs> got to talk nonsense to people. <laughs> talk to talk. Well, smack. I'm a Scorpio. Uh, <laughs> if you're a Taurus, we should just stop talking okay, so I, now. I missed that
1: I misled myself. I thought it yeah. was fading oh but just f- but it's, Nancy it's, Reagan was the big proponent well at yeah the time, but yeah. it's
0: it's nonsense oh. astrology now. it's not like someone who really understands astrological charts and can plot it and the moon's in retrograde and you were born on you know Celsius is rising and all that crazy crap that they tried. I don't know what they're well, doing I was on a
1: talk show with an astrologer a real one. Apparently, yes, yeah, she, she's <laughs> a real one or a fake one, right? Uh, how do you she, know? she says she's real. Okay. And I trust her because she talks about how fake other astrologers are. Oh, so she's a hater. No, no.
0: <laughs> she's a hater. Don't trust her.
1: And she was saying that the Kennedys all died during a lunar eclipse. Oh, scary. And... You know that this is a very checkable statement. She just says this and everyone's listening and believing and Mm -hmm. said wow that's that can't be by accident. Well I don't know when other Kennedys died but I know when Jack Kennedy died and it was November 22nd 1963. 1963. So I I don't need to know if there's an eclipse then I just need to know what phase the moon is in. Right. Because you can only have a lunar eclipse when the moon is full. So the moon was nowhere near full. It was like two weeks away from full. Even if there was an eclipse... It didn't happen during an eclipse. Is my point, right? Okay, so of course, because it was daylight. Uh, uh, well, well, no, you can have a lunar eclipse at any time. Okay, oh, man. you can a solar eclipse. You can have, you have solar a solar eclipse at a carl- any time too. It's just not for you. It's just right. not for you. It'd be for the Somewhere other side else of the else earth. In the world. Right. Right. Don't be so it's so centric. Centric. <laughs> <laughs> um, in fact, when there's a lunar eclipse, anyone on the side of the Earth that sees the moon will see the, the lunar eclipse. So. So, by the way, lunar eclipses, you get several per year, by the way, uh, partial eclipses as a minimum. And every couple of years, there's uh, full lunar eclipses. So, these are not rare things to start. They're not rare, okay? So, I said, you know, he he was shot when the, I forgot what moon it was, uh, first quarter moon. And... She said, "Oh, well, this counts if they're anywhere within two weeks on either side of the eclipse." What?
0: That's a month. That's a month out of twelve.
1: <laughs> what? I uh, said, let me just shut up here and let her keep. It was a. What did she we say? We were sharing the time. Uh, it was uh, Pharrell had a talk show. We were both oh. on Pharrell's talk show. So, and he likes science, by the way. And he he wore a NASA shirt at the, uh, at, the at the at the at the the Academy Award um, group photo. That's so cool. I got to give him s- some props for that, but. So but we're, so I just say I'm I'm I have nothing more to say here. Hence my argument with her lasted less than 5 minutes.
0: Now what are they when when they're trying to decide like what your personality would be and what you you know how, you, how what you can dictate from your birth date and what time you were born what what are they exactly trying to connect?
1: So I I had a deeper awareness of this recently when I learned that people Take the names of things very seriously. Okay? The names mean things to people. Regardless of what the thing actually is. Okay. Okay? Okay. So what might we mean by this? Uh, So, uh, let's like astrophysically, I say we have this thing called dark matter. We don't know what it is. Well, it's got to be some kind of matter. No! No! It shouldn't be called dark matter. It should be called FRED, all right? With no, it shouldn't lead you to think anything about it, because we do not know what it is. We shouldn't really call it dark gravity. It is, it is gravity that we have measured. We don't know what's causing the gravity. To call it dark matter implies you think it's matter. Some people do, but we don't know. So explain to me, uh, what, what is this
0: based on? Like when you say dark matter, what is it based on?
1: It's, I'd like to just call it Fred for now. Okay, let's
0: call it Fred. And I'm saying is, we don't know what it is. Right. What, how is, how we is Fred We measure measuring? the
1: gravity of this stuff. Okay. It's out there. It's six times the gravity of stuff that's ordinary matter. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know the source. We don't know the origin. Is it a parallel universe? Is it? We don't know. And how are we measuring it? By its effect on the motions of objects. Mm. So a certain strength of gravity will force you to move at a given speed as you near it and as you pull away. And we see this in galaxies, galaxy clusters, binary galaxies. Uh, and they large measured scale-
0: entire galaxies that are made in- completely out of this FRED.
1: Um, uh, th- th- at least 80% of the force of gravity manifested in these galaxies is FRED, yes. And, and that's, why, why are they calling it dark matter? They though? shouldn't, in my opinion. They should call it dark gravity, because that's literally what it is. So it's
0: gravity that cannot be measured or gravity that's it's not it's gravity completely uh, understood.
1: It's not understood, correct. So it's, right. it's mysterious gravity, Or it dark can't gravity. be
0: completely measured. To no, we measure get, it. But we, you can't narrow down what the root of it is. We measure its gravity precisely. Right. Okay, so you measure it, but you can't so my determine the
1: origin. Because some, we don't know what it is. Right. But my point is, because someone called it dark matter, it has swayed everybody into thinking that it is matter of some kind. It has constrained people's thoughts about how to think about this problem. Okay, so now, the ancients looked up, and they saw these stars, and they put their culture on the sky. So there's centaurs, There's, there's, you know... Um, uh, there's a centaur archer, so it's Sagittarius. We have Orion the hunter. We have Taurus. We have sea serpents. We have rivers. We have stuff that mattered to people back then. Okay, We have Aquarius. What is it? What's the water bearer? Oh, the water bearer. That must mean that when the sun is in Aquarius, it's going to rain more on Earth. Why? Because the ancients called it The Water Bearer. Ah, okay. And all of a sudden, the name reigns supreme over the fact that it is a random set of stars, widely separated in space, that don't even look like people holding a pitcher of water. Of the 88 constellations, about six of them look like what you're told they're supposed to look like. The rest require opium-induced imagination (laughs) to establish what they are. So they all have names. Then you go to the astrologer's tables, and they say, oh, this is the rain sign, or this is a dry drought sign, and they take the names of things, and those names are what they interpret based on where the moon is, the sun is, where the planets are. And all, whatever the angle configurations there are, and each angle has a certain latitude over which they'll count it as a hit rather than as a miss. And so this gives extraordinary capacity of the astrologer to tell you what's going on in your life.
0: Oh, so it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) But they did have this real uh, fascinating connection with uh, these certain constellations and all of the different things that they thought were attached to these certain constellations. You know what,
1: you know what it'd be like? It'd be like um, a geologist going up to the border of Colorado trying to understand the shape as a geologist. Hmm. It's 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 an arbitrary shape. Mm. The Colorado is a, is a square on a curved surface.
0: It's amazing how much confirmation it's, bias is attached. It's to not surrounded by though. a river
1: by a yeah. That's right. So you, you know, Wiki has a great website on cognitive bias, mm. and there's like twenty or so well known by every person. It should be th- this should be a course called Cognitive Bias One Hundred and One. Not, forget college every high school should have a course cognitive bias and that entire course should be about all the ways we fool ourselves don't you think that would and, be and very you know, important science is, so I've tweeted this too science the only point of the scientific method is to make sure you are not fooled into thinking that something is true that is not or thinking that something is not true that is that is the only point. of the, And therefore, the scientific method could be anything you invent. Just take better notes. Take a chart recorder. Uh, be more awake next time you take the data. Bring a friend to observe it with you. Whatever it takes to minimize the chances that you will misinterpret what you're looking at so that you don't think something is true that is not or think something is not true that is, do whatever it takes to support that, that uh Mission statement. That's what the scientific method is. And that's what we do as scientists. And that's why when you bring all of these things that people do... So it's the astrology and the crystal healers and the, and who are the, 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 the the, quote, therapeutic touch people. Oh, don't mess with them, That's real.
0: (laughs) No, that's real. You don't even understand. (laughs)
1: This (laughs) goes on. I'm a healer. I'm an intuitive healer. It goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. And these are the things that fail in the double blind science. And why do you do double blind? So that you don't fool yourself into thinking something is true. That's why you do double blind. And if you don't, and you want something to be true, even if, you, even if you're surprised by something that might have been true, that you were against, still, you need someone else to check it. And, and you only get an emergent scientific truth when you have agreement among different people's experiments. So, so even if you get a result that you're happy with, it is not yet a scientific truth until you can confirm it by other people who have no investment in you who don't care about you. In fact, we are trying to show that you're wrong. This is what made Einstein so great, because no one believed his relativity, and they kept devising ever more accurate experiments to show he was wrong, and it ended up showing that he was right by ever higher precision.
0: Do you think that we're doing ourselves a disservice by not Teaching people how the mind works, how confirmation bias Completely. works, and and shouldn't that We're be a teaching big the wrong part? things
1: in school? I'm working on yeah. this. In what a are you few doing? Years, no, no. In a few years, I'm going to have something. Why not? What no, now? No, because I'm busy. My kids are in school I'm right now. Busy. Excuse me. I can't be. <laughs>
0: ever, I can't. Get, I understand, but I mean, <laughs> let, but let's discuss it because I think you know, it took me a the long. Curriculum time. has to
1: include an entire course on cognitive bias. Yes, if we are going to emerge as adults. No longer susceptible to charlatans. Yes. Okay. Who are either well-meaning and just misguided or who are explicitly exploiting your ignorance.
0: And it's a major factor in our culture, a major factor yes. when it comes to politicians. It it's drives. a major factor when it comes to bosses. It's a major factor when it comes to how you choose what you do for a living, how All you choose to your life. All human interaction and
1: human interaction with yes. nature itself.
0: Yeah. I mean, we are constantly trying to manipulate and control other people's biases, behaviors, the way they think, the way they act. And we're very vulnerable in some senses because this is not something that's taught to us at an early age. You know, and I think that we're. It takes a long time to figure it out on your own. And I've often thought, like, man, why wasn't I explained this when I was young?
1: Yeah, because the curriculum was wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, well, we're thinking forward. about just
0: giving people facts yeah. instead of teaching them how we're to, to manage that your, your head mind.
1: Is this vessel into which you pour information, and nowhere and at no time are we trained how to turn a fact into knowledge? Knowledge into wisdom and wisdom into insight. I think that full sequence needs to be in there in the academic system, K through 12, 13 through 16, 13, 14, yeah, uh, college. It's gotta be in there somewhere. Without it, you're just this vessel of facts. Even if you, and even the people we call smart in class, these are people who get A's on everything and they know everything, but do they have the deepest insight? Are they – do they really understand what it is that they're putting back on the test? I don't think all of them do. I think they have good short-term memory, some of them, and they do well on the exams because of that fact.
0: So they're good at acquiring data and, and maintaining it?
1: Acquiring information and then bringing it back on command. Uh, not all. Some are, are deep thinkers, and I'm, I don't want to take that away from them. All I'm saying is that the curriculum, I think, needs these other dimensions – of of survival really so that's what it is it's survival in a world and and when a scientist says this is true you can ask well why do you think that's true exercise some healthy skepticism I don't have a problem with that say because of look at this evidence do you know how to read evidence by the way and look at this evidence look at this chart look at this experiment and this is why we conclude Overwhelmingly, that this is going to happen in our future. Ah, uh, I chew. out of you, you pointy headed scientists. What do you know? By the way, give me my cell phone so I can call my grandmother, okay? <laughs> While I use GPS satellites to know when to make a left turn. Right. Right. I'm going to call my astrologist <laughs> to tell them these scientists don't know they got their head up their
0: ass, right? So, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think also it would be really beneficial to teach people how to manage perspective and how to look at, you know, l- look at life in, in a way that's going to be beneficial to you. Well, we're not really giving well, very be, many tools to, to manage
1: the mind, like philosophy. Uh, yeah, there's it, some philosophy classes, that sure. Can help but that.
0: but even philosophy, not all philosophy, but yeah, it's very some rare. The philosophy
1: they, of, you know, just how mm-hmm. to think about decision making. Yeah, and the causes and effects and consequences. Uh, there's not enough of that either.
0: No, maybe I mean, they rely.
1: On that to happen at home, but not all homes are, are intact. Right. Uh, in fact, perhaps most are broken homes or separated homes, and mm-hmm. so I, I, think the school system, school needs to be rethought, and I'm trying to think that through be a few more years well anytime
0: you talk about alternative schooling people look at you like you're some sort of a hippie freak who wants your kids to eat granola right and live in the mountains <laughs> and get their own spring water you know what i mean that's that's what they think of when you say alternative schooling right but, right i'll train them at home yeah. oh man good luck it's as soon yeah. as you say homeschooling oh you're a religious nut i mean that's right. that's immediately that's the, the perception that's
1: the fastest growing sector of the homeschooling yeah. sector
0: they don't want you yeah. clouding your head with all that evolution talk
1: right right mm. right
0: Do you ever talk to that Ken Ham guy? Have you ever sat down with that guy?
1: No, but Bill Nye has. I mean, Bill Nye debated him. I mean, I can't debate people. It's not what I do. You just can't do it. I just can't do it. It's not what (laughs) I do. I'm an educator, and I want to educate you so you can think for yourself. But Then then I go away. That's it. To debate someone implies... That whoever whoever is most convincing is correct, right? And that's not how knowledge works, right? It's just okay? too much
0: charisma involved. In yeah, yeah bits. It's not yeah.
1: how no whatever charisma level I have or not have I don't want to hinge what is true on that fact, right? All right, so I'm an educator. I will I will teach you the causes and effects of What science knowing what science is and how and why it works, which is why it's
0: critical that you continue to criticize science fiction movies It's very important. Oh. Don't you back <laughs> off now? <laughs> We need you There's a lot of people That wouldn't know That that Chinese space station Is nowhere near The American space station And that her hair Would be moving All over the place Her hair would
1: be everywhere Yeah, yeah. Oh now, my, my favorite one Is remember when He's at the end of a tether mm-hmm. And she's wants to save him But she doesn't have Enough oxygen to do it So he lets go Of the tether Oh yeah And that way She can't save him right. Before she can save herself Right And he, and he And then he Flies away It's like No They're like Floating in space yeah. He lets go of the tether. It just stays there in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, he would be right there. He, he would be right there. Nothing. He lets go. Nothing happened. Wouldn't be like a bungee cord. Now, if, he, if she were swinging him in circles, and he let go, yeah, he'd fly off at a tangent. But that's not what was happening. Right. And nor were they rotating. I, I would check the what they were relative to Earth below. That was not what was going on. So, and you know what? She could have just given it a slight tug. And then he would have drifted towards her. That could have even been a little romantic. Just a
0: little baby tug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah baby it.
1: tug would do it. And they would slowly drift oh, towards one another. No, I hate and then, that movie. then the helmets would hit, you know,
0: and then that they would- That movie makes me mad. Oh, and then the helmets would break, and then they would be freezing to death <laughs> instantly, right? When you Suff- just freeze- suffocate. You'd suffocate, Oh, first.
1: that too. And then yeah. freeze to death, right? What movie nailed that? There was one movie where no, they, 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 they were off in it. space. You know, oh, they yeah. overdid it? Uh, well, there was- uh, People want you to, like, explode in space. Yeah. They, no, no. I mean- well, they want you to freeze solid too instantly. Yeah, yeah right. No, just no. There's, and even in was it Armageddon where the sun rose over this over the over the comet, and he didn't have his visor down, and Oop. he was blinded by the sun. It's like the same sun in our daytime sky. The atmosphere doesn't protect you in any way. Uh, the, the Earth's atmosphere takes out you know a few percent. That's bright- it? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. A few percent. Well, it, in the middle of so broad daylight at the top of the sky. So you just it's, be squinty. It's a few percent. Now, he'll get more UV. He'll, he'll get more UV. That's important. Get a little um, more brown. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, death in space is nowhere near as spectacular as movies would have you think. Yeah, they make it seem like if you take that helmet
0: off, you just immediately freeze
1: up. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, you can go into very... Co- what happens is there's nothing making you cold... Other than you radiating heat from your skin. Oh. So you'll only get as cold as quickly as you can radiate away heat. Mm. That's all. So it would take quite a while. Oh, yeah. You oh, just yeah. have
0: no air, so you'd suffocate quicker. Yeah,
1: you'd suffocate. Oh, yeah, you'd suffocate long before you saw anything, uh, anything like that happen. So, so just think about it. There's nothing touching you that's making you cold. It has to wait for you to radiate away. Mm. That's what's happening, okay? And so... That So, yeah, you'll feel very cold very quickly, but you're not going to die from that fast.
0: Now, when Stephen Hawking... Oh, by the way, you
1: also have dissolved gases in your body, which will try to come... Because in, in, in the vacuum of space, you don't have the air pressure tamping down the dissolved gases. So you take away the air pressure, then uh, the dissolved gases will begin to bubble out of your blood. No. And it's the same problem with when you have the bends. Oh, when you come up from low altitude, right. And you go to lesser pressure you need a around nitrogen you. Yeah, you nitrogen. So you want to do that slowly, so that it's a very slow thing. But mm. the hazards of... But then, you, why would you be butt naked in space? I mean, you're going to have a space suit on. So.
0: Well, you just want to prove to everybody that you could do it. So, like, <laughs> well, they did it in, in 2001
1: in Space Odyssey. They basically did it right. The guy without his helmet went through the airlock oh. and just held his breath. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's all he did. Oh well, that that's way more reasonable. Well, because it was a reasonable movie. It was a reasonable yeah. <laughs> movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> it, had, it had real advisors. Stanley
0: yeah. Kubrick. Well, he was a really interesting guy too, because he was a mathematician. Stanley Kubrick. I didn't know that about use... him, but
1: I knew he cared about yeah. that level of detail. He used to do complex math and it's, for fun. So there's a uh, there's a there's a failed bit of physics in 2001. You want to hear? Oh it? yeah. Yeah. One day I'll talk about the monkey 2001. suits. No,
0: so <laughs> <laughs> the monolith, which was it?
1: No, no. So remember when he's. Uh, he's on one of the, the moon crafts, and he's orbiting the moon, and they give him food, all right? And there's a tray of nasty food, obviously. It's like astronaut food. Remember, this is 1968, so everything here is a is a visual uh, 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 taste of the future. So he has a, another packet where he extends a straw from that plastic packet, Okay. Oh, there he is. Excellent. You're getting a good photo. You're good. Your boy is good right here. Okay? Yeah, there he is. So he sucks up the straw. Right. And this is in zero G, so stuff is floating Right. He sucks up the straw. Then he goes to another straw, and the liquid in the straw goes back down. Ah. Oh. That's gravity.
0: Oh, they fucked
1: up. Yeah. Ah. Oh. He totally fucked him. No. <laughs> no. So that one, obviously, he can't get everything right. But it's fun to notice the things he couldn't get right or no. didn't think to get right. So to me, it's a celebration. Here's another one. Okay. The rotation rate of the space station. I calculated that and I, did, I calculated <laughs> what g-force would you have on the outer perimeter of the space station in 2001. And I did the math and I forgot the exact number, something like between two and three G's. Oh. And I said, why would you do that? That's stupid. You wouldn't do that. And I realized if they rotated it at the rate that would give you one G, it would be way too slow to make an interesting scene. So I gave it to him. I said, I'll give you three G's. Because the Strauss waltz, as the thing turns, Mm -hmm. and the space shuttle that's approaching it matches its rotation rate with the opening in the center of the space station. This whole ballet, this entire ballet. Wow, that's cool again. Happens at a stately but real pace. Okay? But that pace gives him a three, G, three G's of gravity. So it's 3X the correct pace. The correct pace would it's be much times. slower. Yeah, it's, it's, it might have been two and a half, but I forgot okay. the number. But it's, it's multiples too high. So but that if, is possible? But it looks possible? good. I, so I let him do it. It's, it's, so it I don't, I'm good. not going to... I'm right. fine. That, that's artistic license. That's Mark Twainian license where he says, first get your facts straight, then distort them at your leisure. Ah. <laughs> that is what I'm holding artists to.
0: So now when you're looking at a, a space station, like they're in zero gravity when they're in the space station. No,
1: they are in 1G on the edge of the space station. On the edge? Yeah, well, on, on the turning edge. Yeah, that's the whole uh, point. You mean
0: that thing? So
1: uh, I mean so a that real rota- space station. It's the thing, is, oh, our space station? Yes. Oh, 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 oh so it's, it's zero G, yes. Right. now, it's, But it is possible. It's zero G because it is f- in free fall towards Earth.
0: So it's constantly in free fall, but it's just going around the-
1: Yeah, it's in free fall towards Earth, but it's going sideways so fast that the amount that it has fallen equals precisely- The spin of the Earth. The curvature of the Earth. Uh Uh-huh. Is that more proof that the Earth is round? Is it? If you've had physics 101, yes. Mm. (laughs) But is it possible to generate gravity in a space station? Only if you rotate it. Only if you rotate it. It's not gravity, it's simulating simulating gravity. gravity. But Mm -hmm. according to Einstein, they're indistinguishable from one another, so you can do it.
0: So it is possible to do something where you can send people into deep space and generate gravity through some sort of rotation?
1: At least two ways. One of them, you just rotate it. And all the good sci-fi movies have rotating sections of a space station. Right. Right. And there's some that have rotating opposite ways so that they can spin up against one another. Right. And uh, so there's some clever ideas out there with space stations of the future. Uh, for long voyages, where you because
0: don't... I had Commander Hatfield on the podcast, cool, uh-huh. who came back from space and was talking about the excruciating difficulty he had readjusting to gravity after being in a zero gravity environment for so long. He's
1: just showing off because he's like setting records for being. <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> for his wasn't hatfield? he, like six months? Yeah, I yeah it was a long time. He was like, long... he's showing. Yeah, I couldn't, ha- I couldn't handle life with you, lowly Earth people. <laughs>
0: uh, well, he was talking about his body. Like it took like over a year before his bone density came back.
1: And well, his... this is it partly addressed in the film the uh the 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 martian kid He's born on mars comes to earth which one's uh, that born on mars yeah the kid born on mars what get your gotta research this like now the, uh what's which, the name of the movie it's recent yeah 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 oh this the space between us yeah. oh what the hell's that you gotta get out more dude i do yeah but that's so, so this point. is a martian colony where the first community. Who's, what movie is this? This came out a couple of months ago. Really? Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm so, so they, Is this out the, on iTunes that, yet? So that's the Martian colony. Right. And one of the female astronauts they send, that one there, uh, happens to be, they learn, is pregnant. Uh-oh. And they can't bring her back. And so they, she gives Uh-oh. birth on Mars. Oh, and the first person who uh, is ever born on Mars. And then Whoa. they then they keep it a secret, and then he comes back as a teenager that falls in love. See, there is the fetus. So, so anyhow, he has a hard time on Earth because his heart developed in Martian gravity, which is only thirty eight percent Earth gravity. Oh wow! And then on Earth, he just couldn't. They had to, you know, figure out what to do with him.
0: Wow. <clears throat> yeah, intense. that's on Mars. The
1: kid oh. was born on Mars.
0: Okay. Yeah. Don't spoil alert me, Jamie.
1: Yeah, yeah, Shut yeah. That yeah. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, what, where were we, what were we talking Generating about? Generating
0: gravity in, in Yeah, so one way travel. is to rotate
1: it up. Another way is if you're headed somewhere, right, you like just Mars. have a huge fuel tank and just always run your rockets. Oh, then so you, you just always accelerate have There's always a G-force. Oh, So if you acceler- accelerate it 1G right. towards a destination then you'll, you'll always, always feel Earth gravity, and you'll ah. get there awesomely fast.
0: But you would have to have so much fuel or yes, rely a, on something Well, you new. need you're
1: filling stations en route, this sort of thing. And if you do this, you, you accelerate 1G halfway there, then you turn the spaceship around, then you decelerate at 1G for the other half of the trip, so that when you get there, you're not whizzing past it in a flyby. Okay? <laughs> that way you have 1G the whole trip. That's how you would do that.
0: Wow. So the momentum when you'd you would precisely hit halfway there. you accelerate at
1: 1G, oh my gosh, you hit near the speed of light very quickly. Whoa. Oh my, I mean, I forgot. What is it? In a, uh, I have to calculate it. But it's, it's uh, the acceleration of gra- Earth's gravity. If you actually move that fast, that's, that's head snapping. Now, would they have to have some sort of a crazy propulsion system in order to do something
0: along those lines? How fast will 1G get you there? Uh, one year.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so One wow. uh, G would take uh, one, one year, year
0: plus the distance in light years. Proxima Centauri, four point two light years, for example, would take five point two years. So the distance in light years plus a year. Wow. Yeah, so that's that, like, crazy. One G.
1: So that's that's that's. So that gets you basically. 20-25% uh, the speed but, of light.
0: But what happens if you just run into stuff on the way? Like that's There's bad. a lot of stuff out there, right? Yeah, I mean, so you, isn't that a giant issue in getting to Mars? Well, all the space stuff? is
1: actually quite empty, but if you do hit something, that's the end of everything. So it's, it's a, a, a low-risk, high-consequence thing. You gotta you gotta put in play
0: now. How much of a risk is the space junk that we've left in the environment? We started we're freaking out the other day about how many pieces are up there we
1: got so there's countless thousands of bits of space junk yeah from Chips of paint that fell off of space to bolts and nails and retro rocket boosters boosters, Yeah, it's all it's all up there And I'm and I'm wondering whether we haven't been visited by aliens yet because they saw the space junk orbiting earth and said forget that I'm going to visit some other planet. What I'm going to a, risk my life. So, crazy,
0: short-sighted approach to space travel. Yeah, to so if you bring our... up the
1: NASA Orbital Debris Office website, you can actually see the debris that NASA's tracking. Oh. Basic, almost in real time. It's crazy They'll show it to there you, is. And it's, it's like a beehive around the Earth. So, mm. you got Yeah, there it is. Okay? That's the debris around the Earth that, astro- astro- that uh, NASA tracks. And, and that's a that, failed Japanese experiment to try to. Uh, and that outer ring that you see—that's the the altitude of geosynchronous satellites. And that inner no, that should be there should be a video of that. Uh, fun, just fine. Yeah, go to the bottom right. Go to the bottom right. Right there. Click on that. Play that video.
0: Uh, it's, it's
1: not a video. No. Why isn't that a video? I'm sure there is a video somewhere. Yeah, there's a video they'll, on they'll that site. It. So uh, you can just see. The movement of these pieces, and it's so launch windows have to know when to not hit stuff. So, oh, geez. so when, when you have launch windows, not just is everything aligned right? Is can, will you successfully get past the the debris? And there was a Japanese; um, uh, they
0: they had an experiment to try to capture it with nets. It was a, a recent mission. Oh,
1: yeah. I, 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 so it didn't work. Yeah. So the problem is the low orbit stuff will eventually. Br- Fall in and burn up. The high Earth orbit stuff will never go away. There's nothing to destroy it. And so they can't capture that stuff. Well, you need a very clever. This the stuff is moving eighteen thousand miles an hour. <laughs> so what's your net? What just? What are you doing?
0: That's so crazy. Oh yeah, here oh, you there you go. There's the video. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, go
1: go higher res on that. Sure. I, there's a high, I know there's a higher res.
0: <sighs> god.
1: That's 1080 no it's not it's
0: not from nasa's youtube channel it's
1: from oh some okay others. somebody else but that's that's the kind of, so all of that's that's debris that you're looking at there Ugh. so anyway yeah so your concern for debris is well placed and we may we may be putting so much debris in space that we will close ourselves off from space travel because of the dangers it would take to get through our own garbage heap
0: <laughs> oh, that's so crazy and this was all started in the 1940s 1950s. Like when did they start shooting stuff up there?
1: Oh no, 1950s. Sputnik. Ugh. Yeah, 1957. That was
0: the first satellite, right?
1: First anything, yeah. First, first. anything in orbit. Yeah.
0: Oh God! And in that short amount of time.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a, a dumpster. 60 years. Planetary dumpster. ruin the whole thing. ruin the whole thing.
0: <laughs> they have had it for billions of years. <laughs> 60 years. They filled <laughs> it up with junk. Yep. That's okay. Just, there it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, my
0: God, that's terrifying.
1: Yeah, that's going around the Earth. Oh, my God. All of that.
0: Oh, my God. And has anybody ever hit anything while trying to do something?
1: Uh, Well, so uh, what exacerbates it is, remember when China, when was this, 2004, 2003, China destroyed one of its own satellites?
0: Yeah, what was that upper about? upper orbit. I remember some of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they basically did a kinetic kill on a satellite. So what? a kinetic kill, for those who don't know, is you don't need explosives if the speed of the projectile and its kinetic energy is higher than the energy that would be in the explosive shell itself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fascinating uh, calculation to make. So, so here it is. So I have this delivery system. With a warhead and I put some bomb device in the warhead and you can calculate how much energy that is then I send it and it hits and it blows something up but suppose I send this thing really really fast really 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 fast I can calculate how much kinetic energy this thing has there will be a point where I give it so much kinetic energy the kinetic energy is greater than the chemical energy of the conventional explosive that I put in the warhead Oh, uh, like shoemaker leaving. Well, no, well, for example. Yeah. For, no, no, I'll I give you a terrestrial example. You ready? Okay. Um, it's, so, it's what we call a high-speed collision. This is more than you bargained for in, this, in our time together, but I would tell you. No, Okay, didn't. you ready? Perfect. <laughs> the argument for the longest time that the craters on the moon were calderas from volcanoes oh. and not asteroid impacts... The geologists argue strenuously, these can't be asteroid impacts. They've got to be calderas, these thousand craters on the moon. Why? Because everyone is a perfect circle. And if asteroids are coming from space, they would come from all angles. And if you come in at a shallow angle, you get an oval. And even shallower it'd be more ovals. So you'd have a whole range of circles and ovals and ellipses. And the, you don't see that. They must be calderas. It L- was not Explain until a
0: caldera. It's a volcano. Oh, that just a volcanic. And it leads a crater. Vo-
1: volcanic crater. That's all. Like Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a vo- it's a volcanic crater. That's all. Um, and it's a it's a little more poetic a caldera. You right. know, but it's a. It's a crater left by a volcano that has exploded. Like the boom was so big, the mountain's gone, and now it's just a big hole. Or, or at the top of the mountain, there's a crater at the top of the mountain, like Crater Lake. That's a, that's a round hole in the top of a mountain. Um, was that once a volcano? I don't know, but it's a hole. Okay? So, in the 1970s, we were able to do calculations with high-speed computers, with good computers. And what we found was, if the object is moving faster. If the kinetic energy of the object is higher than the energy that's holding the thing together. Ooh. Okay. So what's holding together a rock? The chemical connections of the silicon and the oxygen and the iron. everything that the iron all everything that's making the rock that's holding it together, you can calculate how much energy is holding it together. And if it's going 45,000 miles so write an hour. that. write down that number. Now I send in the asteroid with a kinetic energy higher than the energy that's holding it together. On impact, it explodes. Because all that energy goes back into the rock. Because the thing isn't moving anymore. Where did the kinetic energy go? It digs a crater, number one, by virtue of putting all that energy back into the stone... And that explodes it. So on impact, even at an angle, it is a singular point explosion. And that's why every single crater is a perfect circle. Ah. We call that a high-speed impact, where the speed is greater, the energy of the speed is greater than the energy that's holding it together. That's amazing. Now, you have experience in this, okay? Have you ever thrown a, do this next, oh, we're in California, sorry. Snowballs? Snowballs. Take a snowball. Go to Big Bear. Take a snowball
0: there.
1: and face a, a, a barn wall and throw the snowball at it, uh. and it'll, it'll make a little circular mark on it. Now change your angle to the wall and throw the snowball again. It'll still make a, a small round mark, and it'll keep doing it. You know why? Because the speed with which you threw the snowball that energy is greater than the energy that's holding the snowball together because hardly energy hardly any energy is holding the snowball together uh. it's just loosely packed snow mm. so when you do it against the wall you see the snowball completely disappear in a in a mini snowball explosion if you will uh. so this works for any comparison of projectile speed and what we call the binding energy of the object itself. This is why the intercontinental ballistic missiles never carried conventional warheads. Because their speed coming out of, this, of space, because they leave the atmosphere, go from one continent to the other, and then they fall out of the sky. That speed gives them more kinetic energy than any conventional warhead would have had. Whoa. But then we figured out how to make small nuclear warheads, the nukes. Now you're talking energy. The kinetic energy of the ICBM is not higher than the nuclear warhead that we now put in. That's why all ICBMs are nukes. Wow. The V2 rocket basically didn't need an explosive warhead in its tip. It came out of the sky going five miles per second. There was none of this... That, that implies you're hearing the thing. It's coming in supersonically. Whoa. You're sitting there at a cocktail table on a block, and then the block is go- is obliterated in the next instant. You didn't even know. You didn't even know to look up. Wow. So that's the... the and, and they add an explosive anyway, but they, they probably didn't need to.
0: Now, to go back to Shoemaker-Levy, that was a comet that slammed into Jupiter. Now, go- Jupiter's a gas giant. Yes. I've always been confused as to what that means.
1: Oh, most of its mass is in the form of gas. Most of its mass. Oh, yeah. 90-something but- percent of... Yeah, it's... Yeah. So when
0: schumacher levy slammed into Jupiter and made it was going an explosion. so fast,
1: the gaseous atmosphere was like hitting a brick wall. Whoa! That's how fast it was moving.
0: So that's why the explosion was oh, big. Yeah, 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 than that, Earth.
1: That's exactly. So it slow all of its kinetic energy that it had got put back into the object itself because it slowed down very quickly relative to its speed. I mean, re- relative to the. Uh, so so here's this comet. I forgot how big Shoemaker-Levy was, so now it goes into the atmosphere, and you say, "Oh, isn't that just clouds?" And it can watch how fast it's going. You you can ask the question: Over how much distance will it plow through its own mass worth of gas? Whoa. That's a, that's a question, right? Right. That's that has to plow that much mass out of the way. That's right. an important resistive force, right? Yeah. So, how much? Atmosphere. So well, that's a lot of atmosphere because it's gas and this thing is solid. However, the thing is going, what, 15, 20 miles per second? It's falling into Jupiter at 20 miles, whatever the speed was? If you go at 20 miles per second, you will cover that much atmosphere in a fraction of a second. So in a fraction of a second, you go from 20 miles per second to zero. Or to a tiny fraction of that speed, all that energy has to go somewhere. It goes back into the system. It's a comet made of ice. Ice is not held together very easily. The whole thing explodes on impact.
0: That was another terrifying... Statistic that I read about the impact that hit the Yucatan and killed the dinosaurs that how deep it had gone into the earth's surface within the first second
1: Oh, oh, yeah These are these are numbers that are staggering once you calculate what they are and like I said if you come in fast enough Earth's atmosphere is a brick might as well be a brick wall to you and By the way you go 60 miles an hour down the road roll down the window Just stick your your hand out out. the window you have to use muscle energy To not have your your hand blown backwards against 60 miles an hour of air against your open palm. Just try that next time. See what kind of energy that requires. Mm. And that's 60 miles an hour. Now imagine 5 miles per second, 10 miles per second, 20 miles per second. toast. How deep did the asteroid that hit
0: and killed the... Dinosaurs. How deep did that thing go in the oh, first so second? Oh, so what
1: was that? That was a 150 mile diameter crater, something like that. I forgot the exact numbers. Uh, so there's a there's a relationship between the depth of a crater and the diameter and the mass of the thing. So no, it goes miles down. I mean, it's it's miles. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, oh. let me think.
0: An Earth rang for like a million no, what ha- years. What
1: happens is, I, I, just, let me pull take that back. I don't know if it's miles. It's, um.
0: I think it was what I had read. I don't remember the exact statistic. Well, Excuse Stanley me. No, boy. no. It's got to go
1: miles down because the yeah. thing is miles, is, mile, is the, the, the asteroid itself was the size of Mount Everest. So the asteroid itself is like five miles across. So it, it, it's, it's deep. No, you just don't mess with this. By the way, the crater in Arizona, called Meteor Crater for obvious reasons, that can sink a 60-story building. And that's not even a mile across. And now we're talking about a crater more than 100 miles across that took out the dinosaurs.
0: That famous one in Arizona, Arizona. can sink a sixty-story building.
1: You, you, if you if you put dirt up to the rim of that crater, you can bury a sixty-story. Wasn't building. that
0: an instance where you? This is your whole uh, calculation about explosions and about the amount of energy that they were looking for the raw materials that caused that crater. Correct. They
1: thought that they could mine it. Correct. They first thought it was volcanic, and the, the geologists thought it was volcanic again, and the but one geologist in particular. Uh, uh, um, Eugene Shoemaker, who was in line to be on one of the lunar missions, and then he had like a heart murmur, and then they sent um, Jack Schmidt to in, in his stead, who's also geologist turned U.S. senator from Arizona. Where was he senator from? I forgot. Uh, but uh, can you look at uh, Jack Schmidt? Where he was his senator from? Forgive me for forgetting, because I knew I, I'm friends with him, so I should have known that. NASA. Jack Schmidt. S C H M I T T. It's not. There's no D in it. Uh, so, uh, what's Mexico? That? New Mexico. Yeah. So I was right. So it's in New Mexico. Oh, I said Arizona. So New Mexico. So he. Um, uh, but anyhow, he's saying no. This is this is an impact crater. And well, if it's an impact crater, where is the meteorite? It must be buried down here. And so there were miners. There were there were there were iron miners who bought. The, the the land so they can get this huge meteor that they were sure <laughs> was just sitting down there that they could mine for its natural resource. And they could not find the meteor. Uh. That's because it hit at high speed velocity. It was a high velocity impact, which means its collision energy was greater than the binding energy, even of the iron atoms itself. And 90% of that thing vaporized on impact.
0: My brain just there went like this. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There Wow. That no iron more there. impressive even than I remember it. Okay,
1: there are pieces. They're, that's a that's nice low angle shot so you get the shadows of the rim. And that's in um, Arizona. Where, where in Arizona? It's near Winslow, Arizona.
0: Where would that be near? Is that like oh, if gosh. someone wanted to fly in
1: to see that? Oh, uh, here it is. If you go to the Grand Canyon, then you drive to this and it's a couple hours, a few oh. hours. Okay, there's Meteor I Crater. The map go. is coming up. And where's the Grand Canyon? Uh, there's Meteor Crater, and Grand Canyon, because which is also in Arizona. Flagstaff, uh, Grand Canyon National Park. You can drive that. See that yeah. Grand Canyon to wow. Meteor Crater through Flagstaff. Yeah. So you're not going to fly that. You just drive it. And it it's has a, Yelp it's, reviews. It's a ca- look at that. Ah! Look at that. Ah! Look at, ah! ah! at highlight it. Ah! It's got five you can't stars. Yelp review of Crater. Look at it. Come look at no. Look,
0: look. Why doesn't it have all the stars? Look. I know it should have every goddamn star ever. Only three point nine people are so picky. It's not that big a deal, man. Uh I Uh could dig a hole better myself. Uh Oh, by the way,
1: so this hole was this this meteor crater was dug in like you know a few seconds. This crater was made. Yeah, just. And how many
0: years ago was that?
1: Fifty thousand years ago. That's nothing. Approximately nothing. Wow,
0: there's probably some form of human living here then. Oh yeah, yeah. Early humans. I don't, uh, Maybe I don't know if they were in North America yet. They say forty thousand is the most recent, right? The uh, yeah, most...
1: it depends on when they crossed the Bering Strait. Yeah, that's when they, they would have just arrived. Man, they would say, "Oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm going back." Have <laughs> you gone? Have you gone to that? <laughs> oh yeah, multiple times. Oh yeah. yeah? Is it freaky? It, what's freaky about it is you walk up to it, you can't see it because the rim of the crater it just looks like a ridge, a ridge line. Ah. The rim is raised above the plane of the area, right? Because when you press down, it raises it up a bit. So you just walk up to it, and then you come up to the ledge. And then it's like... And you realize what it is. This is nearly a mile diameter hole in the ground. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. it's It's a stunning encounter with the forces of nature.
0: And the fact that there's so many of those particles just floating around out there. That could oh, yeah, that's a slam right no, in. That was
1: nothing. That's, that's.
0: How big was that one, you think?
1: Uh, oh, yeah, that was about, uh, um, uh, about I don't know, 20 yards across, something like oh. that. Yeah, oh, that's my God, that's nothing. That, that's nothing. That's
0: it? 20 yards? Yeah,
1: maybe yeah, between 20 and 40 yards. 20 so, yards
0: is the size of this oh, yeah, building. Oh, yeah, that's right. From that garage to that front door. Yeah, now make exactly that kind of 19 yards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy, right? And that's not, and that's the kind of thing that can get close enough that you don't even see, and then it's too late. And now, those of course, that's not going to render you extinct. In. That's right. not going to make us extinct, but it'll but. make a very bad day for a city. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, Yeah, the city's done, and yeah. most likely the power grids jacked for a long time too. Right. Now, what uh, time is it? Ten my plane till. Left ten yet? till. No, you have ten more minutes. Okay. So I had to get this Stephen Hawking's quote out with, for you. Um, it, Stephen Hawking's was talking about the. Um, the possibility of alien life discovering us mm-hmm. and that it would be a terrible, terrible thing if it did happen. If you look at what has happened to other primitive life forms and we've discovered them, primitive cultures and we've discovered them, do you share that same opinion? That if something did
1: find us? Uh, I don't have a strong opinion on that question, but I have an analysis of his comment. Okay. He is worried about the possibility. Of aliens enslaving us Ooh. based on the reality that we've done that to ourselves. Yes. Just think about that. His fear of aliens derives not from actual knowledge of aliens, but from an actual knowledge of ourselves. Anytime a more advanced civilization has come upon a less technologically advanced civilization, it did not bode well. For the less advanced civilization and that happened in north america south america north america with with europeans south america the spanish uh um, australia with the with the uh, brits uh, never boded well for the less technologically advanced civilization his factual knowledge of that leads him to suspect that aliens would be exactly the same and i i'm not that skeptical I don't think all life forms in the universe have the basal, uh, primal, violent attitudes that we do as a species. I've not been given reason to think so.
0: But don't you believe that things advance because of competition and competition forces things to be fairly ruthless? It
1: has been argued that if you colonize, if you're a civilization that colonizes the galaxy, that it's a self Limiting exercise. Why? Because here you go, you ready? We start here on Earth. It's you and me, boy. All right? And you take that planet, I take this planet. And now we have both have offspring that are just like us, and we want more planets. All right? We reach a point where expansion is not possible because we are warring with ourselves to gain the territory that each other has obtained. So it has been argued sociologically that the very act of wanting to colonize is self-limiting against successful colonization of the galaxy. Because to colonize the galaxy has to be done in an organized way. All right, You take this sector, I take this sector. But if I want territory and I want it now, and my kids want it now, I want that territory, not this other one. In fact, I want it all. That kind of attitude breeds... Violence. It breeds war, G- int- intragalactic war. So it may be that the very kind of civilization that could peacefully colonize a galaxy is not the kind of civilization that would colonize the galaxy at all. Oof,
0: that's heavy.
1: Very heavy. What about the idea that any advanced... So that's my, advanced first, that's my first comment about Okay? he oh, got another Hawking. one? He's got, he made another comment about we should be a multi-planet species. What the hell to that To protect ourselves against an asteroid rendering one uh, okay. extinct. It makes a good headline, and it sounds like it makes sense, but I'm not, I'm not there with it. Yeah, of course I want to... Back up. Of course. Let's be a multi-planet species. Fine. Right, but but I, I would do it for different reasons. I would do it because it's cool. Not because I want to protect human uh, human species from extinction no that wouldn't be the reason to do it uh, can i tell you why please list every reason why you think we go extinct uh, One, we trash earth another and we can't live off of it anymore uh, an asteroid is coming there's some nanobot gone astray okay pandemic Pand- uh virus pandemic okay so it seems to me that if we want to be a multi-planet species. Mars would be the one, because it's a 24-hour day. It's got seasons. We, we would have to terraform it first, but then we all move there. we just ship a billion people there. Here's my, here's my point. Whatever it takes to terraform Mars and ship a billion people there, it's got to be easier to deflect the asteroid. <laughs> Whatever it takes to terraform Mars to turn it into Earth... If you had the power of geoengineering to do that, then you have the power of geoengineering to turn Earth back into Earth.
0: But there I'm are occasionally there. things that we miss, right? Because of the way that... So
1: so you, so you say, okay, whatever it takes to geoengineer Mars and ship a billion people there, it's got to be easier to create a perfect viral serum that makes us immune to all possible disease. That's got to be easier. Whatever that takes. But
0: isn't it possible that there's some asteroids that we just will not see until it's too late? Then you put up,
1: whatever that takes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I mean, mm. I, whatever. Uh, but they're talking about being Mars able and to- ship a billion people there. A billion. A, a bi- why? Of course. Why wouldn't it be? We have seven, what are you going to put 10 people there? What You, you want to split good. your species. Right. Okay? And if- an asteroid is coming that you can't deflect which would surprise me if you could ship a billion people to mars you just let them all die what what is that what you you plan to you're going to let all the earth people die and the mars people survive just so you can save the species don't save everybody I'm not buying into the premise, this cable carology premise, that you have to save one to not save the other, mm. and you, you know, you know cable carology. You, I see what you're saying. You, the cable car, you, you, you know, someone's in the tracks. You let them go. You let them go. If you steer it out of the way, but then you actively kill two people instead of passively killing one person. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I'm not buying into that premise for this question. I'm simply saying that whatever it takes. It's got to be easier to put up some kind of net that finds any asteroid that could possibly harm us and zaps them out of the sky. That's got to be
0: easier. This is the last question. Is it is it possible that the reason why we are never visited by extraterrestrials is because the way civilization because of the space debris? <laughs> One,
1: <laughs> but two. Is, is it because the way they civilizations visited, they have visited? They visited during Comic-Con. <laughs> Nobody ah, noticed. Okay? They don't like okay. cosplay. <laughs> Three. <laughs> We're out well, here. Their, co- their costumes weren't as good as ours. Okay. Three. 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 They've observed us and judged. There's no sign of intelligent life on Earth.
0: Okay, but is there another possibility that civilizations don't ever get to travel like that? Because what happens is, as they advance, and as their technology advances, they become, instead of... A biological entity seeking to spread its genetics throughout the universe, they become some sort of symbiotic artificial life that, as they create as they advance their technology and as they continue to innovate, they reach a limitation in biology and that eventually create artificial life that sees no desire whatsoever to travel
1: oh interesting, so I would say uh, that 's a great philosophical question. I would say that the day we create AI, if the AI is everything we are except more. And not emotional. Then and not it foolish. would have an urge to explore. Maybe. Otherwise, it's, then it's not us. But wouldn't it create those doors
0: like in Monsters, Inc. and start going dimension to dimension <laughs> instead of fucking around with jets and- <laughs> With One chemical G jets? And, yeah. Right, right,
1: right, 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 right. Yeah, they figure out the fourth dimension. Yeah, wouldn't that be the best way to do things? And then they figure it out. And then they would figure out a way to travel better than any way we could. But if the fact that we want to travel, and we're creating versions of ourselves called AI, I don't see why of AI wouldn't want to travel. But why would it be curious? If AI... If it is us, this it's is, not is my If biological. Point. If then it's not... Well, if we create every neurosynaptic... Mo- um, map right of our brain into silicon, into a computer, and recreate our consciousness as humans, the human brain. But wouldn't that the be human just brain one is curious. version of
0: AI? Wouldn't sure. there be like an infinite version of AI that sure. AI could create itself? It could. And why would it limit itself to all of our emotions and sexual desires and jealousy and all the ridiculous things that are holding us
1: back? It could. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Now, I'm not as fearsome of AI as others are. Uh, I, I... You know, we we're not going to make an AI looking human being because the human form is not the best or ideal form for anything. Did you see X Machina? Yes, did I did. Did you Love it? Did you love it? It was good. It was good. You Had didn't some, love some it? Good moments. You didn't love it? No, it was, it was good. I loved it. Oh. <laughs> I want to marry it. <laughs> you want to marry it? Oh, okay. Well, that's the yeah uh, the first thing you use. You, yeah, it's the, it's the sex bot. It's one the my, first no, thing. it's not even that. That's, it's one where, of my the, that's where the money movies. will be for sure. For sure, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, it's one of my favorite movies. I want to marry the movie. It's just awesome movie.
1: So then marriage would no longer be about sex or just be about reproduction because you just go to your room with your well, sex people, body.
0: I'm hoping that that's one of the first things that people figure out they shouldn't do anymore. once well, they get smart enough to symbiotically attach
1: themselves to artificial intelligence. I was watching, what was it, Family Feud? One of the mm-hmm. questions was, uh, if you're, <laughs> we asked 100 married women, if you could have a second husband for only one purpose, what would it be? Something like 70% of them said just for sex. Whoa. Damn. Uh, a second husband for only one purpose. Just just for getting stuffed. Just That's rough.
0: Just sex. So that's a, th- that's th- a fucking wake-up call for a lot of dudes <laughs> out there. A lot of guys. <laughs> Let's end on that. Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, astrophysics for people in a, hurry, in a hurry. Due out in May. <laughs> thank you so much, sir. You're you're a, a gentleman and a oh, scholar. I love you, man. I love you too, brother. Just thank stay, you so much strong. for coming here and thank you anytime. Open invitation. Call All me right. up. Middle of the night. Middle of oh, the night. I'll come down here, we'll open it up. And you gotta wake him up. He'll do it. He's down. <laughs> he loves you too. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate right. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, what a mind-blowing podcast that was. Wasn't that fun? That guy's awesome. So happy that people like that exist. So happy that he exists. He's such an enthusiastic educator and just it's so contagious when you're talking to him. You just want to just start reading shit and watching videos on the stars. It's amazing. Amazing. I loved it. Uh thanks to Caveman Coffee for fueling us, giving us some of their groovy caffeinated products, and even non-caffeinated products. They have um, amazing hibiscus tea. That I drink. It's a nitrogenated hibiscus tea, zero sugar, zero grams of sugar, zero grams of caffeine, um, no caffeine, no sugar, no calories. Just awesome, delicious taste. Uh, and their coffee's out of this world, the best. Go to cavemancoffeeco.com. Use the code word Rogan and you could save ten percent. Thanks to it Go to o n n i t. Use the code word Rogan and save ten percent off any and all supplements. And thanks again to squarespace uh, an amazing resource for you to create your own beautiful website you can do it yourself with squarespace go to squarespace.com forward slash joe for a free trial and 10 percent off your first purchase that's squarespace.com forward slash joe all right we did it all right folks uh we got a lot of podcasts this week's a lot of this week's this week A lot of fun guests, and uh, that's it for today. All right. I love you. Bye.